This week in league, Paul Gallen attempts to invest in a revolutionary Harley Davidson that runs on peptides. Blake Ferguson picks his career up like a bowling ball and returns to the NRL. Parramatta prepares for relegation as their star halves for 2014 are dropped to Reggie's. And we'll preview all of the action for round 20 of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 130 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, uh, feedback time. Um, Tigers in decline shirt update. Um, sold a shitload of them to the point that I actually had to increase the initial order by about 25 pieces because originally what we were going to we get as a total, you know, haul... That the pre-sale pretty much took care of all those, so um, getting a couple more in uh, on top of that. Um, they're being produced as we speak, and I am told to expect them in my hands before the fifth of August. So from there, uh, we'll throw them in, you know, parcel posts and stuff like that, and they'll be out a couple of days after that. So all good. Um, in summary, people are cunts. Very very generous cunts, and well. and from there. Um, we're going to have extra stock of sizes, probably small to 2XL. Maybe there might be one 3XL, maybe, um, off the top of my head. But uh, Trotter's ordered one yet? Yes, he was the very first one. Really? Very first one. He ordered one within probably seven minutes of the first thing, saying that they were, they were ready to go. He was and that's first why I up. fucking hate that guy. You should fucking love him. Massive supporter of the show, because he's bought stuff, and, you know, other stuff too, like Revelation and that They'll too. defend him. I'll defend him. Fucking, he's a great supporter of the show. He's a cock. You see people's true colours come out when it comes down, you know, when it comes to uh, putting exactly. their money where their mouth they is to buy stuff. <laughs> they want to kick me. That's why they buy these fucking shirts. They want to have a, they want to have fashionable, a fashionable fucking garment. That's what they want to have. And they're getting one in a couple of weeks. Um, and if you want to guarantee your order, because basically we've got it set up, um, you know, the inventory levels are set up on, on the site. So what happens is if you go to the site, you buy one, it'll subtract one off the total. I'll get an email when they drop down to one, but that's not going to help you guys now because the order's been made. So, I mean, there isn't going to be a reorder for a little while. So if you want one, um, guaranteed to get one, then, you know, you want to get on there um, and, yeah, grab them. And if you don't see a size shown on the drop down, then that means that... Um, Gornski. So, and then obviously, you know, we'll see what demand's like if there's a reprint or whatever, but, you know, we need a fair bit of demand to do that. Um, now, feedback came through. There was a lot of shirt feedback this week. Uh, JR underscore Buff tweeted us and said, If I may, I would like to make a suggestion for a shirt for the loyal Twill Nation listeners. Hash real talk. It's not really ours, though, is it? No, but it's kind of like... Is it yours? Did you create... You didn't come up with that. I didn't, co- I didn't come up with it. Because um, that's the type of person you are, but I don't think it was really... I, didn't, co- I didn't come up with it. Um, I, I don't know who came up with it, but I, if, I want to say it was probably something... It was someone like Mup that came up with it. Fuck, I'm going to make a t-shirt with something that fucking Gronk came up with. And I mean, he did actually... I mean, he, he did spawn the real talk thing when he was tweeting us Gronk shit. <laughs> Yeah. About the Titans, so so it's kind of it's kind of related to us, and I mean, yeah. Now a lot of the listeners have adopted it, but you know, once again, you guys let us know. And we had um, footy facts. I'd rather get hash mups a dirty perf. Yeah, that's a good one too. At footy facts thirty seven, said, uh, "Boys, any chance of a hash cogger facts shirt?" Oh. And I, I mean, I replied. You know, he sent that to you and us, and yeah. and and I replied, and said, "Look, you know, I want, you know, I'd be down. I want one. And I know Glenn's going to want one." But I'm not sure of the I'd wider. I'd grab my mullet. 
I'd grab my mullet back and moustache yeah. and get my Cogifax shirt on. Yeah. It wouldn't be a very impressive throw mullet. Some, throw some pluggers on. Walk well, down by street I couldn't grow my reverse mullet anymore. Um, <laughs> might, get, might have the party down the back. It's the business up the front that's a little bit of a problem these yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. Business yes. isn't very good. <laughs> it wouldn't be a 1090. It'd be more like a 199. <laughs> um and yeah, and uh, we had um, S. Barulius said, not that I'd buy one, but you might need a Coach Killer t-shirt. <laughs> so many good ideas. And I mean, it's, it's amazing how, how, how many stupid catchphrases and shit that this show has spawned over its history. <laughs> it's, it's quite sad. <laughs> it really is. Uh, random footy facts. He came out again, though, and said, oh, actually, no, sorry, while well, on subject of the shirts, Annie O'Brien said, make a Refs in Crisis t-shirt. And that's, that's not only really something that we've we've used before no I mean, but refs pe- fault yeah people have sure. been people have been asking about refs fault as well so I guess it's just going to be popular demand what comes next I think it's undefeated undefeated, undefeated asterisk is going to be next yeah has to be and then after that you know get them in line uh, random footy facts also I busted out my uh, revelation shirt on the weekend you did I saw I saw, I saw that uh, when you tweeted it and, I, and I retweeted it from the This Week in League account it was uh, yeah, it was resplendent that yeah. yellow whatever the fuck that yellow catches people's eyes. Yeah? Yeah. It's either that or my enormous pecs. But uh, I'm going to go with the shirt, the colour of the shirt. <laughs> or the, the text, at, at least. Yeah, yeah. And so Just what, walk along. So people, people go shift into it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're definitely not, like, scrolling down to the size of my package. Yeah. Which is <laughs> like, wait, that guy's wearing a pretty cool shirt and has a button mushroom in his pants. That's weird. <laughs> that, guy's, that guy's hung like Waddy Homewood. <laughs> Um, Footy Facts 37 came back and, and said that uh, I'm a bit late, but when we we're talking about um, uh, about um, Wallace and, and his, his you know lack of testicles and his yes. ruptured testicle, so we asked we we, well, we were actually there. paying him a compliment, saying yeah. that he was a bit of a hero. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's kind of said uh, a bit late, but Chris Flannery, the player in the 04 Grand Final with a busted nut, but the king of nut ruptures is Paul Wood. In the 2012 Super League Grand Final, Wood ruptures his nut, played on, and eventually had the troublesome nut removed. And then he's finished up by saying, rumours that Trevor Cogger has nuts of solid gold remain unconfirmed. I can hash, confirm. Hash nut facts. Spent a little <laughs> bit of time in the uh, dressing sheds at uh, Rana Park. Trevor Cogger, golden nuts. Golden yep. locks, golden nuts, golden pubes. Jingling on your chin, were they? No, I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> Jingling on your chin, were they? <sighs> um, and you know we don't we we don't just give you the good feedback. We'll take the we'll take the bad feedback as well, and then slam slam people. Uh, at Jammer Panther, that's J A M M A P A N T H A. Um, he tweeted us, and I saw that Nate's cat account as well. I don't know, so you know maybe he's related. Ross and Pomeroy, also ex-Panthers at the Sharks. Sometimes you guys make Rebecca Wilson look like a league genius. And I replied to him on Twitter with this, but firstly, he's correct on the fact that they did, you know, that they, they are ex-Panthers at the Sharks. But fucking Pomeroy was like seven years ago, and Ross was via South before he, he was he was at South before he was at at the Sharks. So trying to lump them into like this and- recent exodus from the Tigers and the Panthers thing is a bit of a fucking stretch. And... Gordon Tallis punched Ross that hard that everybody forgot <laughs> that he ever played for Penrith. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's, you know, I mean, you know, how far back do you want to go and as well? We don't profess to be, you know, fucking journalists or like statisticians or people that like research shit. No desire to be that. Just a couple of fuckheads 
getting together on Tuesday night. I'm really just here because I get fed. Because <laughs> um, you don't get fed at home. Well, well, I do, but I mean, you know, there's a certain amount of tidy up and I've got to say thank you and stuff like that. It's, it's all very troublesome. But, you know, like, I don't profess to be a rugby league genius, but I just like to put out a show and, and laugh at people because they listen to it. Yep. So the joke's on you, champ. And how dare you compare me to Rebecca Wilson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jam a panther, jam it up your ass. <laughs> um, how fucking dare you, sir? Bernard JKD tweeted us again with uh, Catwatch. Episode four of Catwatch. It's a reenactment of Monty Python's parrot sketch as the cat is not rested, but stiff. He's what? He's stiff, so he didn't play this week. Coincidentally, the cup semi-finals next week. Um, so what they've done is they've, they've they've rested him. You know you're in dire straits when you're resting Jamie Soward. Like he's fucking Cameron Smith or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy's a wanker. Funny, funny, excellent timing on your on your uh, what you just said then. Ah, <laughs> <Our> pops. <laughs> oh, here's <laughs> another one. Said said killing the puns in the last that boys hash catastrophe. Also need more accents from Glenn. Lol. Oh. So there you go. Look at that. It was you didn't even know that tweet was coming, and you what fucking about that pops, hey? I went to the football the other day and I watched Jamie Soward running around like a fucktard, and I thought oh, I haven't seen this bigger fuckhead running around on a field since that ah, pops. Governor. <laughs> There you go. You you, uh, you made your bed, son. Um, and a, a re- re- and then more, wet it, you pansy. A more recent, re- a, a recent person tweeting to us who's fucking on fire this week, and you'll see as we go down through the game tweets. But um, at the Ben Z T H E B N Z E D. When tigers finish last, can you release a range of hash tigers in decline spoons and toilet seats? Hash beaten more than Rihanna. like to get a toilet seat and I'd like to get your fucking head in it and jam it in there and then take a filthy big dump on it and smear it in with a wooden spoon. You're going to love his tweet later too, by the way. Yeah. Um, now, also, uh, thanks to... At- this guy's a cock. Why do we just uncover the cocks he, of the he's world? On, he's on fire. I love like, his work. We talk about cocks a lot. Lately, not especially. In, like, normally in a good way. You know, like... Massive cops, <laughs> but like then you get like you like, you you sound like fucking like like Liz Smiley. I mean, you're salivating so much, you just like your mouth is watering. I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. <laughs> um, now, big thanks to uh, at it's uh, powerful, but P O W three R F U double L. Why he, do people do that? Oh, How no, do you go typing that shit? Oh well, yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, he sent through some memes with uh with Waddy Homewood the um. The state, of, the state of origin uh, decider streaker. The best one, Paul Gallen forgot his jersey. <laughs> it's just got like that guy's ass. Oh, it's magnificent. The best one was actually the one that CA Photo Ten sent us with with your head no, on no, with your actually. head on his body. <laughs> and this is what I'm talking about. I just you know, I'm a, I'm a nice person. I'm a little Aussie battler. I'm trying to make my way in a tough, harsh world. And then I encounter fuckheads. Like, that CA photo 10, motherfucker. Just like to make a suppository out of his fucking camera that he loves so much. <laughs> um, 
Facebook, we, we smashed 1,800 likes. And I think last week I said, oh, you know, we're, we're pushing 1,800. We smashed that and we're pushing 1,900 this week. So I was saying 2K by season's end, but I think it's going to definitely happen. I dare say we'll be there by the end of, by, before the finals even start. But um, on over on Facebook, we actually have an interesting topic from, um, from CA Photo 10 on Twitter. He's like Chris Allen from his Facebook. He said, uh, boys, jokes aside for a moment. Something I heard Brett Finch say on Triple M that may be worthy of discussion on your next show. Ricky Stewart has said he can't be blamed for Para and their second wooden spoon because he has a list he doesn't want and can't be responsible for. The list was there when he signed on. If it's that bad, why did he sign there? And then in a year where two Polynesian players have taken their own lives due to depression, Stewart decides to call his team in and allegedly in front of their peers, he tells some of them they won't be at the club next year. What type of amateur man management is this? He's told 12 players they mightn't be needed this year, but who's he replacing them with? Are there 12 players out? there. So far, he's signed Corey Norman, jury's out. Two poms, one of those is rumoured to try to get out of his contract. The very same bloke who got homesick after just two weeks down in Australia last time the poms came. When do Ricky's results start to matter? He gets a soft ride in the media because he works for news and has a heaps of mates, as does his manager who's well connected. As you guys know, I'm not a para fan, but I love rugby league and it does need to be strong in the west of Sydney. And para was once a proud and successful club that has slumped from one dud decision to the next. And I'm tired of these Stuart apologists sticking by their mate while one of the NRL's big name clubs slide into a large bucket of poo. Your thoughts? Who did he have that type that for him? I don't know. That's far too measured and, and intelligence here. It's amazing what happens when you give someone, you know, more more rope than 140 characters. Well, it's not like the first 140 characters of that was like complete gronkism. And then he's like morphed into an intelligent person. I am... Um, very interesting point that he made in regards to the young Polynesian kids, mm-hmm. um, because Parramatta has quite a, a high populace of Polynesian players, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, exactly, exactly right. He did drag them into a room in front of you know guys that they look up to, the Jared Haynes of the world, and and these you know senior players, etc., and then basically said, You're "Not going to have a fucking job." Yep. And when you look at some of the circumstances that are surrounding the two young kids that did take tragically take their own lives this year, you know, like, were they put in situations anything as traumatic as that? Well, no, I mean, it's just in the case of the, the young guy from the Tigers, whose name I've forgotten, he, like, he, he like tore a peck or something he like that hurt. and was looking like he was out for the season or something like that. Mm. So... I dare say, I mean, obviously, clearly distressing to him and, you know, and, and a trigger, obviously, for whatever under, other underlying issues he may have had. I think Ricky Stewart can strike a chord, as we found at Origin Time. He can strike a, to- a chord with an immensely talented group of people that are of the highest mental makeup possible, yep. which is effectively state of origin players, with the exception of Ben Cray and Jamie Sout. Um, and... He can, you know, get them motivated to play at a level um, as a team and and really pull together for a common goal. And and I do credit him for that. I think he he did a fantastic job. Um, you know, he took New South Wales certainly compared to the the Bellamy era. Yeah, he he dragged them along in leaps and bounds. When he's got a team with basically, this is going to sound laughable. When you've got Jared Hayne and Chris Sandow as your two best players, mm-hmm. and certainly your two highest paid players, and then a bunch of role players, a few fringe first graders, and some absolute, and and then there's just some piece real of garbage in there. Yeah, um, 
he's he's been found wanting, and and he does get a free ride in the media. I don't um, I I don't really know why. I don't know who's his mates in the media. Why? Yeah. How did he get those contacts? He's a, he's an ex-player. He would have rubbed some journos up the wrong way, no doubt. Oh, he's probably time. rubbed he's probably rubbed them the right way in his time away from coaching. Okay. Done the media tour then, and he's gone back into coaching. And, all... um, you know, at the end of the day, they stick together. If he's on the uh, news payroll, then they're yeah. obviously loath. And, and now the point, the point is, though, I mean, he said that he said that he has, he has a list he, he doesn't want and can't be responsible for, and why did he sign on? He's probably signed on because he wanted to turn it around. The The board at the time or whatever probably, uh, you know... Listed paycheck his might have had something yeah, to do with it. Paycheck, he would have been paid very well to take a, a side that was already shit. They were already last, and he's... um. You know, taking on the you know huge job of turning around you know results, culture, you know playing stuff, everything. Why do you take the job? A money, but B he probably had some kind of assurances that you know this year is a rebuilding sort of year or something like that, and he's got to get in there and make structural changes to the side to get the cl- the side that he wants, knowing that you know they've you know presumably got you know William Hopewadi returning and you know that kind of thing. So, but there's a valid point in there also in that. If they let 12 players go, and there's no guarantee that all 12 of those are going to be gone. Yeah. But if they let 12 players go, where do, where does where does the rest of the squad Yeah, so they've got, they got Corey Norman, two Poms, Nathan Peet signed today. Yeah. Um, let's face it, they'll, they'll be, there will be more over the next couple of months. But yeah, I mean, it's not an attractive place for a player to go, that's for sure. He's, he must have one hell of a vision. And it, it's... You just can't see, you know, there's certain intangibles that, you know, like as far as a culture sort of thing goes, you know, that you can see by way of players' efforts um, and and you can tell whether players are quitting on their coach or not. Um, Parramatta's not playing like a club that that enjoys playing for their coach and and wants to go out there and spill blood for for that jersey. They're they're not playing that that footy at all, whether they're... Lacking talent um, across the park or not, you know, the players can still commi- tackle. Yeah, the commitment's you not players there. Players can still tackle. They can still chase hard. They can still. And I dare say, I mean, I want to say that telling twelve people, you know, that you continue to play the vast majority in first grade. Yeah. Telling them mid-season they're not going to be wanted. It's not really the best team-building kind of thing. I mean, did he expect them, the the, the other players, to rally around them and? The thing is, do if he them? pulled. You know, it's not the sort of thing you would say to an origin group, but if he was trying to challenge them yep. and he's come from an origin thing, that's the sort of, you know, probably not as brutal as that. But I was going to say, you don't call an origin team and go, if you don't win, 12 of your cunts are dropped. Yeah. I'm saying is he, they would respond to a, a fairly brutal challenge such as, such as that in a way where he would go, yeah, look, I got them turned around here yep. because they're of a certain mental makeup. Yep. Fucking fringe first graders are going to go. Fuck you, mate. I'll go yeah. back to laying bricks and flipping burgers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll exactly. collect my match payments for the rest of the season and then sayonara. Yep. Yep. So also, thanks for that, Chris. Uh, also, um, thank you to uh, Bernard JKD. Uh, and he sent us on Facebook. So get on our Facebook page and have a look. But he sent us... Uh, he was watching the five-hour highlights package of all the World Cups we were talking about last week. And he sent through some screen caps and things like that from uh, the various telecasts of the various World Cups and put them on the Facebook page. So head over there and check them out if you're interested. A few people commented on um, us talking about the uh, the Women's World Cup, which was good. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I even saw there was like a a rumours sort of column in uh, in one of them, like Morning Herald or the Telegraph or something today, and like the second bottom uh, little rumour item was, oh, we f- didn't mention anything about the the Gillaroo, so good on yous. They beat the Kiwis in the World Cup, you know, women's final. Yeah, uh, nice the, the other weekend. Yeah. So there you go. Good on you guys. Way behind the fucking times. Okay, let's get the clock started. This weekend, Parramatta's star halves are going to be playing State League. Sandow will be playing for Wentworthville, Corey Norman for North Devils. And for him, the first time he's been playing down there at North since 2011. Well, his, his form hasn't warranted anything but that, and um, Sandow is no different. So it's actually good to see coaches uh, not afraid to make those big calls. This is the first... Oh, well, I mean, Sandow's been down there forever anyway, hasn't he? You know, a little while now. But um, with Corey Norman, um, it seems like, amongst amongst other things, you know, it seems like Hook's actually made made some decisive changes. Peter Wallace has been benched. Mm. So, uh, you know, he's tried to... Obviously, he actually mixed it for the first time in his coaching career, I think. He's made some decisive, and you know, changes to the side. Well, he's... he's- been forced to make these sort of changes. Yeah, but well, what I'm saying really is, I mean, he's, he's probably forced to do it six weeks ago. Well, you know, the wheels turn slowly. Yeah, because let's face it, it's too late now. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter what he does. They're the not going to win that, every game on the way home. Well, you're probably right. So, yeah, you know, maybe he's, uh, he's just trying to show some proactivity or whatever to, uh, you know, c- keep himself from being cut as a coach. But the fact that he dropped him in any stage is still ballsy regardless. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, um... Dean Farage try. Daniel Anderson just basically shook his head and said, what the fuck were those guys thinking? Possibly the worst video referee decision of all time. Because... Not it, in your eye. Surely you would have come up with a bunch of manly ones. No, no. Most of the, most of the manly decisions aren't, aren't, that are bad aren't the video referee ones. I mean, they, you know, you'll get, you'll get the odd obstruction, you know, that's not an obstruction and things like that to turn a game. But... You know, the big ones are actually things like, you know, penalties through the game or, you know, something like that, you know, that go unnoticed. Um, or forward passes, which can't be adjudicated on anyway, except by blind touches. And speaking of blind touches, this one... It was right there. ...gets referred upstairs. Farah has absolutely, positively dragged his fingertips across the ground from about five centimetres inside the, the touchline, across the touchline, and, you know, a couple of centimetres to the outside of the touchline. And then he's gone airborne completely and put the ball down what the linesman was fucking doing well, in that situation in real time it was a, a, a you know arms and legs flame, flailing everywhere the touchy could be forgiven for being unsure yeah but that's and the, that's the, the whole reason behind going to the video ref the fact that it was still awarded a try is a disgrace yeah and I don't I don't think that the touch line was anything that they wanted to look at I mean I can't remember what, they, what the referee said at the time but I think they went I think they went upstairs as try didn't they I'm trying to remember. I think they. Oh, I can't remember. I think they went up as try, and I think they were looking at the grounding stuff, so to see if the ball was inside the the, the touchline or touching goal line. So, yeah, shit. Um, Cade Snowden, he's been suspended for a couple of weeks for neon uh, Adam Docker from the Panthers in in uh, the same game. Uh, you know, when you watch the replay of it, he was running the ball up. Docker's gone to tackle him low around the legs, probably around sort of thigh to knee height, and he he sort of appears to you know 
kind of prop and then lift his right knee up, collects Docker in the face. They thought it was a fractured cheekbone or a fractured jaw at the time. Didn't turn out to be anything like that. But still, he's clocked him and then he, Docker's gone down and then, you know, Snowden's, you know, for good measures, landed on him with that same knee right in the face again. But obviously that one's accidental. Look, this in slow-mo, it doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, but you'd have to say, you'd, to say that uh, it's an issue with his running style or, or that it was... You know, it, it's part of his game. You'd have to see a bit more of a body of work um, of knees to people's faces, etc. I demonstrated, you know, look at every run he does yeah. in a game and see how many times he even remotely... I'm not saying knees. he's completely innocent because I don't I don't have all the facts, but, you know, at the end of the day, it could just be a, a very unfortunate, isolated incident and you'd hate to see him, um, you know, labelled by yeah. any stretch. So, um, But it's certainly in slow-mo, um, he didn't miss him and it didn't look good. Cool. That is done for the clock this week. I mean, may as well call it the Waddy Homewood <laughs> Memorial Clock this week. So, so short. <laughs> Main news. Asada has reared its ugly head again. Over the next month, rugby league players will learn the extent of any evidence the Australian Sports Anti-Doping Authority possesses against them. The NRL on Monday night confirmed interviews with 30 current players that have been postponed since the Wade Graham abandonment on April 29. They'll restart from next Thursday. For the 10 Sharks who were in the crosshairs, it's said to be a sequel to the most confronting period of their careers. Nearly five months have passed since March 5, when Cronulla players were asked to put their hands up for voluntary six-month suspensions over their participation in the club's controversial 2011 supplement program. As Tuesday's leaked document of their demands illustrates, those Sharks felt they were let down by the club on the basis that Cronulla staff directed them to use certain supplements, having been advised that the products had been cleared by Asada and were then left having to entertain the option of standing down in exchange for financial security. Their rights to sue the club and speak publicly were also considered when Asada had offered the club a deal. They were only offered the no significant fault defence that reduces bans to a minimum of six months and not the more generous defence of no fault or negligence, which seems to be on offer for Essendon players, meaning they might not have to serve a ban at all. So at the time, the players were upset about the findings of the club's independent investigation. Some lost weight, others didn't sleep well, or were distracted. Had they accepted the no significant fault defence on offer from Asada and earned a six-month ban, their pain would mostly be over by now. Instead, a group decision was made that in the circumstances, they had no fault or negligence and they deserved to avoid any ban. And uh, since then, the Sharks won seven games and climbed back into the top eight. But in the run to the finals, obviously, Asada raises its head again. They get pumped 40-0 on the weekend. I wonder if it's a timing thing, like a you know a thought out or it's coming. Stay away from Origin, leave Origin, start up again, and you know. Yeah. But they, they, there's no time. There's there's no timeline when it's going to be finished. So there's nothing to say that they're going to get it done over six weeks and it'll be done and dusted before the finals either. Um, but yeah, um, what have we got here? Yeah, they said there's no guarantee that Asada will want to speak to Graham this time, given there's one less player on their list than when 31 interview notices were sent out in late March. Furthermore, the anti-doping watchdog now enjoys power, which makes players and support staff to submit personal records thanks to newly passed legislation. So, uh, And like the AFL have done with Essendon, the NRL will have a representative sitting in during every interview to ensure proper cooperation. The rights of the players will be respected, but at the same time, we're sending a strong message about the need to cooperate with the investigation, NRL Chief Operating Officer Jim Doyle said. Asada has made it clear the investigation is moving to an important stage, and it remains in everyone's interest that we get these matters resolved. So the Essendon case is expected to be resolved next month, but Asada has declined to nominate a time frame for its NRL probe to complete. It did reveal, however, that over 150 people have been interviewed, 55,000 documents examined since the whole scandal erupted in February. 
and they say active cooperation from the NRL and players will of course ensure the investigation can be completed as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Asada understands the public wants the investigations to be completed as soon as possible. However, due to the complexity of the matters being investigated, it cannot provide a time frame on when this investigation will be concluded. So it's going to be it's going to go on for like a year. Better part. Hope you know. Hopefully, it does go for like you know six months. So it's you know it it's. It's ongoing, but not intruding on you know the the grand final and finals, and you know if stuff happens over the off season, then I want to know what happens. happens to the club if the if the players accept six months bans. Yep. Um, remember what back when we, the club? Yeah, remember back we were talking about it, and they said that there'd be like salary cap dispensations, and there'd be like even like some um, what would you call it like some uh, capability for like a you know, other clubs giving up a player each or something, you know what I mean? Fuck like, that. Which is fucked. I mean, like, I would be devastated, especially if... if the, the Tigers haven't given them enough players. Yeah, exactly, and Penrith probably feel the same as well. I mean, but, you know... Let's you, not forget Brett Pomeroy. What's his name? Uh, Pomeroy. Pomeroy? Yeah. Is it Brett? Ben. Ben. Fuck. He's right <laughs> on my radar. He's one of the peptide guys, isn't Ben he? Ross. Ben Ross, yeah. He is a peptider. Yeah. So... But they said that Stuart Mills is a peptide yeah, as well, and it hasn't shown any fucking discernible fucking benefit. Both for those cunts need to up their dosage. <laughs> yeah, and the other the other article. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but the other article was talking about the um, the potential demands that the Cronulla players made. Um, you know, in exchange for not talking about it and not suing the club for its negligence in giving them a banned substance. They're talking about like you know, Paul Gallen as an example. He, he wanted you know three three times thirty thousand uh, dollar origin payments, uh, a payment for whatever a test match is worth. Um, Plus, he obviously their contract money over that time. If it was in the last uh, stages of their contract, they wanted an automatic one-year extension with the club. Um, and Gallon, you know, if if he lost any sponsors over it, he the monetary value of the financial loss would also have to be reimbursed. And any other benefits, for example, uh, someone sponsors him and he gets a Hilux for that, and then the club give him a car. And also, he wanted a Harley Davidson. <laughs> Fucking not random. sure where not sure where the Harley Davidson comes in, but um, fuck, he went for the gu- he went for the gusto though to get as much as he could, and the problem with that whole approach is when a player's suspended, they're not supposed to be paid, so they'd have to try and loophole it somehow and give them a lump sum or something up front, or and call it something or a lump sum at the end, or yeah. I don't know how they'd get away with it to be perfectly honest. And then you know what happens as far as the cap goes. Yeah, exactly. In doing something like that, especially if it turns out to be like extra stuff, you know, like if the club's footing the bill for, you know, fail, you know, miss sponsor payments and stuff like that. You know, you, it, yeah, it, it sounds unworkable to me. But, yeah. running around on a fat boy, people want to know. Yeah. What the fuck? And they want to pay him like, you know, over 100 grand in match payments for Origin and stuff like that. Mm. But, you know, it's a decent chunk of yeah, the Out of cap. the club's pockets, you know, it's that's a, a yeah. big chunk. Exactly, exactly. So, um... I don't know how that could possibly happen. I don't know how they could loophole it either. But yeah, apparently that was the deal. And then they decided, no, we're not going to do it anyway. So done and dusted. Next up, the Broncos may make a play for Cameron Smith. Uh, apparently they'll need to offer $1.5 million a year to lure home Cameron Smith. Fuck the salary cap increases to $6.55 million for the 2015 season, an $800,000 increase on this year, and likely cap exemptions for marquee talent. So Smith could become the country's highest paid footballer. Several player managers told the Courier Mail on Monday that Smith would earn as much as $1.5 million a season in his next deal due to his match-winning talent and marketability. That would be like probably... What, $2 per forward pass over a season? <laughs> <laughs> You'd say? Um, 
Marketability. Yeah, well, I say that figure would be 22% of the NRL's 2015 salary cap, leaving the club that signed Smith $5 million to spend on 24 players in their squad. Melbourne Storm officials recently began informal talks with Smith about his next contract, which expires at the end of next year. Melbourne have proven a team of playmaking playmaking stars propped up by journeymen and rookies win premierships, as opposed to an even spread of the salary cap. Uh, Kerrod Walters, recently named as hooker in the Broncos' greatest grand final team, rated Smith as a must-buy for his former club. He said if the Broncos could not secure Smith's signature, they should plonk current number nine Andrew McCullough in front of in front of reruns of Storm and Maroons matches so he can study how Smith plays. <laughs> what a fucking slam that is. Um, Darren Lockyer also piped up and said that signing him should be their priority. And uh, Walters went on to say that Andrew's a good player, but if Cameron Smith's on the market, you do all you can to get him. Um, it would be silly not to go after him. In the modern game, he's the best there is. My brother Steve was very good, but in the modern game, Smith is something else. Andrew's going okay this year, but Smith is a guy he needs to study. It's difficult for Andrew because his team's not going well, but I'd be getting him to study a lot of Smith's games to take his performance to the next level. Yeah. Throw, throw passes forward from dummy half and you're halfway there son Cameron Smith's worth 1.4 probably Farrah's worth 3.7 Cameron Smith wins Origin Series whereas Robbie Farrah actually loses them not loses them as part of a losing team but actually squanders opportunities in matches that cause matches to be lost dare you. he's done it twice in deciders now I don't know why they, I, don't, I don't see him giving him a third chance how fucking dare you sir um, Strap a number nine jersey onto Mitchell Pearce and there's Robbie Farrah for you. Fuck, I will punch you in the fucking face. Drop Mitchell Pearce Can in Can we Lebanon. get back to Cameron Smith, please, chuck, before I hang pull on. the show off chuck, forever? Chuck a number nine on Mitchell Pearce, drop him in Lebanon. Robbie Farrah. Done. <laughs> <laughs> That's as, as, and certainly as far as usefulness to his so, side. Theoretically. <laughs> yes. Cam Smith turns out for the Broncos. Yep. Still got no halves. Yep. They've got forwards that can run onto those forward passes, though, so they'll probably make an extra 15, 20 But they're not the biggest set. forwards in the world, so they'll still get bent back. Yeah, but, you know, those forward passes do create a lot of mem- momentum. Cam Smith, Justin Hodges, corpses. Mm. Bunch of fucking corpses. But also, there is the uh, the possibility... We've got a couple of young outside backs, I'll give them that. There is a possibility of Barber as well. Now, yes. uh, Barber's missus hasn't moved up here yet, but there's talk that she, she may want to. And if that was the case... Uh, from what I understand from reading some articles today, that he would um, be requesting a release on personal reasons and the dogs probably wouldn't stand in his way. So, if that happens, then, you know, Barber's likely... The story's in. At one, of, one, of, one of two clubs, pretty much. Well, Cowboy, Gold Coast. Or well, Cowboys don't, you know, Cowboys they need coming a up for a fullback, yeah. I guess it depends. Like, if she moves to Brisbane... Yeah. Yeah, Townsville, Townsville, not that much closer. Yeah, yeah. It was the same fucking Sydney. Yeah, but yeah, where's where's I don't even know where she's from. Is she actually from Brisbane, Brisbane, or is she? Yeah, she had family. You, you're she overestimating like my knowledge of of the barber relationship. Because if they hooked dynamic. up, if they hooked up in Mackay, for example, then Townsville's not such a stretch. True. That's all I'm saying. I see where you come from. Yeah. Um, would be a, I mean, it would be a major coup for the Broncos, but, jeez, Cameron Smith. Fatigue at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Made a lot of fucking tackles in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, be 32 when he when he takes the field for the Broncos. If he do, if he stays at Broncos, it'll be his last contract. And you know, guys like that in positions like that are great brain. punishment. Yeah, great footballing brain, but you know, and yeah, injury, I mean, and he he probably, there like that. He that, could probably cruise by on that though. You right. know, and just play with a bit more. 
you know, a bit more smarts and, you know, be a leader sure, on field. But, and, you know, again, he still makes a lot of tackles a game. Um, you know, an injury here, an injury there. Like, yep. one long-term injury over the course of that contract seriously diminishes yeah. his value. Well, you look at Matt Bowen. He's never yeah. been the same. I mean, like, last year he had a pretty good year when he came back. But this year... He's been busted for you know most of the season, so exactly. You know, so it's hard to get over those injuries um, at that age. It's true what they say, you know. If he's if he's available, you throw you out in the ring unless you're the Tigers and you've got the best hooker in the game. Everyone else is trying to play catch up, and um and and probably wants to throw their hat in the Cam Smith ring, and um you know can't really begrudge him. Although I think Ben Hunt's a better hooker than Andrew McCullough anyway. <laughs> you say Ben Hunt's a better hooker than Cameron Smith. Jesus. I guess it depends on the criteria. Do you throw your passes backwards? <laughs> it's probably 10 times better in that respect. Next up, Fergie Ferg set to return the NRL. Well, this article actually, when we're getting the notes together today, he was set to return because uh, Canberra had got him all ready to go and they were just waiting for the NRL to approve it. Since then, the NRL has approved it. So, um, so apparently he's done a lot of... He pleaded not guilty. Uh, we said that last week uh, when he fronted the court. Uh, the matter's been adjourned to September 3. Raiders, they applied for his suspension to be lifted um, immediately, but it was rejected. But the NRL has cleared his path. He will be back for the game uh, against St. George Illawarra at Wynn Stadium. And uh, that'll pit him up against Dugan. His rooftop selfie cruiser. What a cruiser, bro. lovely story that'll be. Yeah. What will come of that? 80 minutes. Like? Let's go celebrate, eh, Dugs? Damn straight, Fergie Ferg. I can't do the first time they meet on the field. It's like you know, the um, you know, the righteous brothers will start up and <laughs> their eyes are locked, and the game will be going on around them, and they're just locked and just coming closer and closer together, give each other a big bro hug, and then walk off the field arm in arm to get some cruises. <laughs> Meanwhile, the other thirty-two players <laughs> play like, on. The fuck's gone? <laughs> just happened here. <laughs> the referee just like time off. Things. The fuck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> the ref said like, Blake, Josh, can we get on with the game? Josh is like, Blake, sometimes when we touch, needle on the record. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> the honesty's too much. <laughs> so yeah, uh, obviously his rehabilitation, living with chalk, etc., etc. Uh, he's been doing some community stuff as well um, and counselling. So I'd say he's done everything right to, you know, that they want to see as far as, you know, getting, um, you know, doing the right thing and being allowed back. But um, there you go. Dugan threw a bit of uh, petrol on the fire as well, saying that he wasn't given fair opportunity to explain why his contract should not be ripped up. And uh, he also uh, asked whether he would be uh, granted access to the visitors' sheds. Where at? At the Raiders? Yeah. yeah why back don't you just shut your mouth? Yeah, it's not... Well, Josh! No. Do you not fucking learn anything? Because you know what he's going to do on the field? He's going he's to tear them a fucking new asshole. That's enough. Just just shut up, mate. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm sure you probably feel like you've been hardly, uh, you know, hardly done by, but... It's over just, now. It's ancient history, man. Just shut up. You've got to sign well. a new you deal with Origin. the Dragons yeah. and... You played, played Origin, Origin yeah. you'd be better off, mate. Just keep your yeah. mouth shut. McIntyre responded, though, and said he was given plenty of opportunities to plead his case, and he decided not to. We're very comfortable. We replied, we complied with due process, and we've moved on from there. I'll leave that dressing shed up, access up to the coach. I comply with the coach's rules regarding access to the room. I expect everyone else to do that as well. And uh, Campisi, for his part, said there's no bad blood with Dugan. We worry about ourselves, and that's what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks since it's been working well. What's so, said? Interesting. Said. Finally, I think it's finally. Yes, oh no, it's not finally. Got one after this. Blake Ashford is a delusional fuckwit. 
that's the title of this article. Um, basically, he, he slammed Benji Marshall's critics, and he sort of opened up about his own. You know, it was, it was his last Leichhardt game as well, and uh, obviously the spotlight was all on Benji after the lead up. You know, and getting seeking a release and all that sort of stuff, and he got his permission to leave. But Ashford, uh, he's off to Cronulla, and uh, he he asked for a release as well. He said he said that uh, it was pretty emotional. I didn't think it would hit me like that, but I've been playing here since I was 17. I played Jersey Fleet under 20s and Premier League out on that field in front of 300, and I've had some big games in front of 20,000, so it hit me pretty hard. And he said that while Marshall's been at odds with the Tigers for months, he was leaving the club on good terms. They granted me the release. It's been a mutual thing. There's been no arguing. I just think I've been playing some bad football the past two years, and I just thought the change of scenery might help my football. And he said that after making the highs of uh, the highs of making the grand final qualifier in 2010 and qualifying final in 2011, the lows of the past two seasons have been despairing. We need to win every game to make the eight, or be a chance of making the eight. So it's been a real disappointing year, especially with all the talent we've got here. We know we can deliver a lot better. And now let's get down to the part that I alluded to in the title of this article. He says, um. Well, the article says, in a sign of the fight left in the Tigers, who are still to face top four sides, South Sydney, Sydney Roosters and Manly. Ashford said he hoped to have a big decision to make during the finals. Took my chances. Quiet. <laughs> he said, we're expecting a baby girl in grand final week, so it's going to be a tough decision on whether I play the grand final or go to the birth. <laughs> Amen, Blake. And I know what you'll do because you're a true tiger and a champion of the people. You'll play that grand final and you'll play your little heart out. And I'll be so proud of you when you lift that trophy, like I've been calling all season. And I say to everyone, all my detractors, and all your detractors too, Blake, and all the other tigers listening in, we'll all say collectively, Shut up, Glenn. Fuck you all. <laughs> You know what? I take mean, your sh- take your t-shirts and bash them in your ass. You know what? I think the um, the real decision that uh, that Blake is going to have to make is uh, is whether he's there for the birth or he goes to Bali with the rest of his team. That's probably the much more likely decision. Or Thailand, or you know, the season they've had. I wouldn't even let him go to fucking Australia. They may go to Vegas to celebrate a premiership victory. You never know. Maybe we'll take the baby with him. Be like hangover style. I wouldn't even send him to fucking. I wouldn't even let hangover him. four. I wouldn't even let Tiger's him go. Tiger's not in decline. Yeah, hangover. It's more like that. What is it? 2005? It's more like hangover eight. Eight years of hangover. <laughs> From the highs of a grand final fluke win. Now, um, I wouldn't even let him go to St. Helena Island. They can fucking go down to Dapto or somewhere for all I care. Oh, Dapto dogs. <laughs> Entertaining. <laughs> all right. And uh, this one, this is the final one. Clubs have been flouting the concussion rules. NRL clubs have been warned they face fines and trainers could be suspended amidst allegations some are finding ways around the concussion guidelines. The issue of concussed players being allowed to remain on the field is again in the, spot, in the spotlight after several recent incidents in three codes, including South Sydney halfback Adam Reynolds allegedly be giving smelling salts by a trainer following a head knock. Former All Blacks and now Warriors Dr John Mayhew spoke out after seeing Reynolds knocked out by Nagani Lamape, but allowed to continue in the match in Perth two weeks ago. The Warriors finished their match against North Queensland earlier in the season with 12 players after Ben Henry was concussed and they'd used up their 10 interchanges, but Mayhew said that not all clubs were abiding by the rules. He said he was about 20 metres from where Reynolds had been laid out and was surprised he'd not been taken to the sideline to be checked by the Rabbitohs medical officer as trainers are supposed to do under NRL concussion rules. I believe he was knocked out 
Mayhew told the New Zealand Herald. If I was in a similar situation, I would have had great difficulty in allowing that player to play on. We are disappointed by the lack of apparent action by the NRL on teams that flout the concussion rules. There are a number of clubs, and we are one of them that stick to the rules, but we're concerned that at other clubs, player welfare is affected by not sticking to the mandated laws. Jeez, the NRL, I mean, they got rid of the shoulder charge Mm -hmm. for player safety, and then they're not enforcing rules that uh, are designed to keep players safe and stop them having mush for brains. Mm -hmm. Um, Make up your fucking mind. Severely diminish the game in some areas and and, uh, taken away from a certain element of the entertainment value, yet a player gets knocked out, you know? Yep. Show him a couple of pictures of a nude waddy, snap straight back out of it, (laughs) and that's all okay. He'll play on. What he's coming to get you? You better, yeah. <laughs> better wake the fuck up, son. But um, also uh, as he's we saw in his heart, he's, he's half a tennis ball at you. <laughs> and he and and also um, Rochow, one of our boys, he was uh, he was uh, hit high by uh, Mossy Masoi on Sunday, and then Lewis Brown followed up with another one. But uh, he played on at least initially. Um, but McGurk said that the concussion procedures had been correctly followed in that instance. What about the other instances? No comment. Yeah, that one's fine, apparently. Yeah, pretty pretty ordinary. At the end of the day, you know, these players are um, are an asset to the game and, and they have very short careers and then they've got a whole, a whole life ahead of them after they finish footy. You'd want that, you know, being able to fucking read, if you could read beforehand, of course. Yep. Adam Reynolds, not so sure. Um, to contrast, about two weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago uh, in UFC, TJ Grant... Had a shot at the title, the lightweight title, against Benson Henderson at UFC 164. Um, at the time, it was about seven weeks away. He had a concussion in training. Said he was like, you know, seeing stars and like if he had too much sensory overload, like, you know, sound or, you know, excitement or whatever. An example was he was watching the Anderson Silva-Chris Weidman fight with the volume turned down. And even then, you know, because it was such a fucking ridiculous, amazing thing, he was just like, got the stage where he's almost passed out. And he's like, something's wrong. Went and got an MRI. They cleared him. And he's just like, just headaches and dizziness and everything just wasn't going away. And so he pulled, he pulled out of the fight. Seven weeks from a fight. Yeah. Not five days. Not five, not, not a week, yeah. He's pulled out. I mean, and yeah, he's going to probably get more more head contact in a in a mixed martial arts bout. But... Depends what club you're playing, I guess. Yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that too. But it's just amazing the way different sports treat uh, treat things like that. I mean, we only, you know, allegedly there was going to be like, you know, a one week, you know, you get a concussion, mm. you're one week off. That appears to be universally never at all, you know, used or How enforced. How I'd like to see a stat on how many players have actually succumbed to the concussion rule and had that time out. Yeah, I'd love to see a stat too. That uh, might be a job for footy facts. 37. Jesus. Cog of scalding nuts. Recaps, okay, kicking off and the first game of the weekend, Friday Night Football. The New Zealand Warriors, 24, defeated the West Tigers, 14, at Leichhardt Oval in front of a crowd of about 11,500. The Warriors, their points came from a double to Sean Johnson. Conrad Harrell and uh, Simon Mannering got a try, spectacular try from Mannering. Sean Johnson, 
perfect four from four from the boot. Defeating the West Tigers, their 14 points came from tries to David Nofaluma again. Chris Lawrence, Tim Simona and Benji Marshall didn't help their cause. One from three. <clears throat> Had a lot to say about Manning's try. He didn't mention Simona's. Simona's was pretty good too. Simona's was fucking amazing is what it was. Um, it was pretty good. Pretty impressed with the Warriors in this game. Obviously, with all the, the Benji talk and, and all the rest of it, um, there was a lot of emotion around Leichhardt Oval to do with the Tigers, and they come out, they really blasted out of the blocks and had a really energetic start. They looked looked quite good to start the game. Um, well, at the very start, they you know they were shit immediately, and then but they turned it around within the first sort of, you know, after they had their first set. I think the Warriors right probably did pretty well to, to wait out that emotion. And um, and then when the Tigers really came back to them, as, as as far as their energy levels and you know, bit of fatigue sets in. They they sort of uh, had a bit of a adrenaline dump there, and and Sean Johnson just cut them in pieces. Mm-hmm. It was untouchable. Putting yep. blokes through holes, running through holes himself, chasing kicks. I mean that that's that that pick up and run that he you know where he scored a try. Yeah, incredible. Um, Simon Mannering outrunning Chris Lawrence. <laughs> score a try over Did about see, 40 metres oh you probably wouldn't have seen it um Chris Lawrence tweeted no I didn't see the tweet no um he's playing on an ankle that flares up after every game he yeah. tweeted a photo of it it was fucking sickening like grapefruit like, yeah like it was like another half a fucking foot on the side of his foot What's he doing? I mean, he's already fucked up. Why does it? Why would you? I mean, is he shortening his career? What's he like, doing? Waiting for the end of the season? Apparently, one of the boys was like, "What the fuck is that? It's like a train wreck." He's like, "Oh, it flares up after every game." So, what's he do about it? Is it a surgery why? thing, or is it just painkillers, or whatever the fuck? He's missed enough footy. I guess he probably doesn't want to miss. Yeah, much so more, I mean, like, is it like if he's getting outrun? Chris Lawrence once or twice actually in his career has outrun Billy Slater to a ball. Yeah, and. He is now being run down by Simon fucking Mannering. <laughs> so something's up with Chris Lawrence's feet and his speed. Um, I actually thought he had a pretty good game though, Lawrence. Yeah, maybe Simona comes in and, uh, and they put Lottie out there on the wing. Yeah. If Lottie's happen. still alive, the way the of fuck he's he doing. He's, he's um, taking numbers. Lottie, just, you know... Walking around... What, down walk, the cafeteria at the colleagues club? Walking around town, just... <laughs> you might have heard of me, Lottie Takiri. That's how he introduced himself. Did I ever tell you that story? No. About the guy? No, used to, I don't uh, think so. have a fair bit to do with at work, one of our biggest customers, uh, back in my old job. Walked in, and uh, let's just say his name's Lottie Takiri. Okay. And he, he walks straight up to the general manager yeah. of the company who'd only just started. Yeah. He walks up and he says, Hi. Hypothetical, Lottie Takiri. You've probably heard of me. That's how he introduced himself. That's <laughs> not a fucking douchebag, does it? That's Lottie Takiri, obviously, everyone knows Lottie Takiri. He's a hero. We'll see him back in first grade very, very soon. So, I was and, a bit disappointed in the in the Tigers' second half. I have to say they uh, they really they struggled to put points on the Warriors. Came at them in waves and. And Johnson was untouchable. It was like he had spiders on him. That no one wanted to tackle him, and he just had his way with the Tigers in the second half. And um, you know, when it all comes down to it, these are the sort of losses that a team of destiny needs to have in an undefeated season. And uh, you know, <laughs> I look forward. To- 
That's one of the best things you've ever said. And it's probably only a variation on something you said a hundred times, but <laughs> you fucking nailed it that time. <laughs> You laugh at me like I'm making hilarious jokes, Nathan. I'm trying to be serious here. Um, You know, we've got seven weeks to to take control of the top eight, and I've got no doubt we'll do that and and storm into the the final series. Um, For all the well wishes and sentiment, Benji showed exactly why we let him go. (laughs) <laughs> he was Kick out on the full and pass over the sideline and went missing for large parts of the game it was actually like a best of Benji like not a best of Benji but like a a summary of his career like it mm. was like a, it was a crib- started out really well <laughs> yeah yeah but also <laughs> like missing. You know, but also you saw like you know in before that after that first try I remember like they, they, they end up right down the field after another great pass you know from left to right a huge cutout pass um, that wasn't forward and it wasn't into the crowd yeah. and uh, you know there was he was doing some clever things and he was all over the place. And then all of a sudden, you know, he went to rugby. <laughs> he was, there was down the pool. There were missed miss goals. I mean, it was it was literally like a, a, a snapshot of Benji's entire career. Exactly. I did pick up some decent coin on uh, Noffer as first try scorer, which is easy money these days. He's fucking guaranteed almost, isn't he? he that kid's, he's going to be something else. Um, this week he probably won't even get over stripe, but that's beside the point. Fucking dominant performance as usual. If Benji's leaving the club has played a part in keeping Tim Simona, I think his efforts in this game showed the club made the right decision. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's more to do with the young the young halves, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. it is. But, you know, the, the clubs... Couldn't hurt, Certainly though. the Sharks were, were circling, pardon the pun, uh, Simona. And, um, you know, he's... When you look at what we've got out of... And and you know I'm a big Chris Lawrence fan. I watched him play his debut, um, and I'm a big fan of him. But when you look at what we got out of him and, and Ashford over the last two seasons, two fifths of fuck all. Yeah. yeah, and then you look at Simona, who's played a couple of first grade games before this season, yeah. and has had a couple of, you know, in his limited opportunities, shown some real, um, some real brilliance. But fuck some of the things he's doing at the moment, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah, disappointing loss for the Tigers. Uh, no doubt we'll bounce back. We've got an easy game this week, and uh, you know we'll be back on track. All right, Twitter, the Ben Z. I mentioned this tweet at the top of the show. Tigers in decline is a fucking understatement. The wooden spoon itself is laughing at those cunts. Hash Tigers in extinction. Hash shit cunts. That's like that's that, another one. That's another bloke. I want to print that tweet out. You know. Put it on, on nice paper. Come grand final day. Buy a nice frame I'm with laughing, a non-reflective glass. Sitting back with my fucking smoking jacket and my cigar, laughing victoriously. And I'll say, <laughs> you remember that tweet, mate? How's that, how do you feel about that tweet now, champ? <laughs> All right, CA Photo 10. Oh. Third time this year Warriors have worn this jersey. Pretty much makes it a heritage jersey. <laughs> Hash and merchandise in decline. Earth I don't know boy. if it's merchandise in decline. <laughs> It's fucking Fuck brilliant. that, must sell some jerseys. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, when you're a national team in a, in a competition featuring other local teams, you know, yeah. Earthboy75, Benchy Marshall will be missed, but Tigers fans, you still have Bench and Aster and Adam Bench to enjoy. Hash Bench Nation. <laughs> Luke Shark 74 Woods succumbs to exhaustion. His four hit-ups for 20 metres on Wednesday night has taken its toll. Oh, people. People, <laughs> he, people. Yeah, a similar, similarly ordinary performance, and um, I think he's out this week. He is. He was hurt. Got too puffed. Played hurt, and uh, as you'd expect from a champion. and uh, Sprained vagina. 
he's decided to uh, to sit out the week to um, give our opposition a chance this week. He's really maturing it. Got the shits. He's been so shit. Let's move on, please. <laughs> Super time eighty nine. Mannering beat Lawrence. That'll do me. That's like George Rose beating Barber. <laughs> <laughs> Blue underscore Beaver. This is a discussion between himself and his wife. Me. Wife, why do you keep singing that? Me, it's Glenn's fault. Wife, who the fuck is Glenn? <laughs> Me, Nate's bitch. <laughs> he was going so well. He was, he was. He's, he's a good bloke, actually. I um, caught up with him at Manly Games. I caught up with him at, uh, saw a UFC over at, uh, at Hoyt's at Stafford uh, a couple of UFCs ago as well. Yeah. What about when they went to bed later that night, later that night and his wife said, so, tell me more about this Glenn character. <laughs> He sounds ruggedly good looking. And then he he basically, he basically rubbed his rubbed his knee against her, and she's like, "What's that? An approximation of the size of Glenn's about how deep Glenn's penis would go into you?" <laughs> I didn't feel a thing. Exactly. <laughs> At warmess underscore. Well, we certainly didn't look like a side challenging for the top eight tonight. Thankfully, the Tigers definitely aren't a top eight side. He didn't even put the hashtag on there too, so that's an act of generosity. At Gotta Love Keefe. Wow. That was the Tigers, ladies and gentlemen. Thank God for the young guys coming through. They look disjointed and not gelling, followed by angry face, angry face, angry face. Not happy old Keefe. No, I had my own angry face going on at home. Wasn't very, wasn't particularly impressed at all. Chapo, the creator. Somewhere, Glenn is in the fetal position, crying his eyes out over this loss. Hashtag is in decline. I don't think that would have been the case, would, would it? No. Have no, you ever cried your eyes out? Have you cried your eyes out over a loss before? No. What about that one where they break kicked the field goal and then you go an extra time, that one? I threw my guts up. I didn't cry. <laughs> physically. It was but you were drunk, though. No. Oh, I'd had a few. I wasn't... Blind. So I wasn't... Okay, I so you were drunk spe- afterwards. Right. So got, it was just like the emotional turmoil. Just, yeah, upset drunk after the Canberra game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Tore up the dance floor. <laughs> Not my words. At Tiger underscore Benji. <laughs> tore it up like rice paper. It was magnificent. Um, no, tore, it, tore it up like, like like West Tigers premiership bets. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no, I wasn't. I wasn't um, on the verge of tears. You know, at losing this game. And, you know, when you have. When you have such faith and such confidence that your team's going to win the premiership, you, these sort of things, you know, losing games when you're an undefeated team, Nathan, it just has... <laughs> it's it nothing to have, an undefeated side. <laughs> just doesn't. Losing games is nothing. It doesn't have an effect on me. That asterisk is like some kind of fucking shield <laughs> against losses. <laughs> um, at Rhino Coach, this was in reply to, I mean, immediately... <laughs> After the game, full-time Hooter had gone. I've seized on it and gone, you've seen the game now. <laughs> and I uh, actually sold a couple of shirts doing that too. It was great. But he, uh, he replies that, how durable is the material in those shirts? Because I think you could wear one for the next decade, the way the Tigers are going. How dare you. Next game. Jeez, oh, this one, uh, prime contender for Vuvuzela of the year. Canberra Raiders 14 defeated Parramatta Eels 0 in front of a crowd of 7,023 Hardy Souls. I was going to say, that is 7,023 absolute nutcases. Fucking bona fide crazy people. Yeah. But if it was, if, you know, if Canberra was your team and you lived in Canberra, you'd be there fucking rain, hail, shine, just like I'd be if it was my team. Fucking oath, but. 
Yeah. If it, I, not if I was in Canberra, I'd probably stay at home. No, you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. That's the sad part. But it was fucking freezing. Yeah. It was hailing and during the day. shitty conditions as well. Like not just, sleeting yeah. rain, freezing cold. Oh, it would have been... But they, and they were treated to an absolute ass of a game. Yeah, but I guess for their, you know, as far as they're concerned, they, they won the game. So, you know, that's, they probably went away feeling all warm and fuzzy and, you know, and high and drunk too, probably. Um, the Canberra Raiders 14 came from tries to Jared Croker and Sammy Saolima. And um, Jared Croker, 100%, two from two conversions. And Josh McCrone grabbed a penalty goal to boot, which just happened in the last couple of minutes and got the 13 plus betters home. <laughs> Parramatta really aren't first-grade standard, and that's a disgraceful thing to say considering the money some of those players are on. Um, they're not putting in for their for their fans. They're not putting in for their uh, club, and they they have a coach that consistently makes excuses for them, mm-hmm. saying it wasn't their fault, it's the rest's fault. Oh, they did everything I asked them to do. Well, did you ask them to go out there and not score any points, Ricky? Because I think that's probably not conducive to a first-grade football side. Exactly. They didn't score any points. Well... There's not a side in history. Asked them to do that. There's not a side in history that won that won a game by scoring zero points. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) scored zero points and were victorious. Never heard that. Um, Only undefeated asterisk teams could pull off a feat like that. (laughs) Exactly right. And then there's only one team in the comp winning an epic, an epic, an epic battle. Remotely good enough to do that. Winning winning an winning an epic battle zero nil. (laughs) Cats here. He's back to his best. Yep. He's kicking games on song. He's running. He's playing like a ball genius. Has been, has been for a little while too, I'll say. He's, um, I just I just don't understand. I think we should do a um, a cat's hair shirt yeah. and send him one. So look, it's a calm man. You know. Yeah, the fucking head blade. And, and on, yeah, exactly. Send him, I'll buy a head blade and I'll send it to him. Yeah. And uh, on the back of it, just put, you know, tips to a good shave. Yep. Get some clippers, plug it in, turn it on. Bob's your uncle, or in his case, Dave's your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ricky Stewart's really steering a rudderless ship at the moment. The conditions played their part, but at the end of the day, Canberra managed to score fourteen points and Parra didn't, and uh, and that's that's all there is really to say about. And I have to say, the Canberra made it very hard on themselves by only scoring fourteen points because what it did was it allowed the Eels to be in the game for pretty much the entire time, even though they're yeah, shit. One, if they had a jag to try, would have you know they could have got their tails up. But, exactly. Um, look, I, I just I think the biggest story. This was a shit ass game, and the biggest story to come out of it for me was um, how great some Canberra fans are, and. No doubt, some para fans that yep. made the maybe made the trek. Or I mean, para fans. Let's face it, you got to give them even more credit because I mean, the punishment oh, they've imagine taken. That. Your team's won the wooden spoon last year. Is odds on to win it again this year unless St George um, plummet further or the Broncos? Who knows? Yeah. Um. And you've you've packed up your shit in downtown Cumberland. Yeah. Or para. Yeah. You've packed up your car. <laughs> getting a trip down the left queue. your house left your house empty and so it's probably you know it's probably going to get fucking broke into while you're away because there's going to be a lot of power fans that aren't going to the game mm-hmm. they're going to be bored they don't know what to do with their time yeah. it's going to steal shit exactly so that's your options yep. go to Paris Stadium throw coins yep. option B steal shit yep not these guys nope. jumped in Hardy. that and Sunny drove down the Hume fucking minus whatever yep sleep pale with rain and hail and whatever else and uh, watch your team get smashed under zero. 
Kudos to you, people. Kudos to you. Staunch league fans. Staunch. CA Photo 10. 7,000 at Canberra versus Parra in zero degree temperatures. Legalising pot in ACT, paying off for the Raiders. Hash 7,000 off chops fans. At Magpie View. Everyone should have just got like a package of free fireworks to set off under their <laughs> seat to warm them yeah. up. At Magpie View, with no Hain and no Loco, Para have little genuine firepower. However, they showed spirit and some improvement from last week. Well, you know, they, so they showed you know, scoreboard improvement, I suppose. Well, they uh, scored minus one last week. <laughs> yeah, well, no. Scoreboard <laughs> against. <laughs> at Solzy. He's, he's back as Solzy now, but it's uh, S... Zero U L S Y. Is that guy on the run from the CIA or something? Yeah, these people that change their Twitter handles just makes their life difficult. I'd like to say great defence by the Raiders tonight, but Para are just terrible. Uh, Earthboy seventy five. He tweeted this to the Para, Para Eels as well. So once again, fucking credit for being a nutcase. Ricky Stewart is a paraphile. He's abused his trust and totally fucked this side over and over again. Hash real talk. <laughs> Troy underscore 79. What a steaming pile, or actually, what a streaming pile of dog shit that game was. A win's a win, but fuck, that was fucked. So uh, that's a camera supporter saying that about the game. Very interesting. Moving on to the Sydney Roosters. 40 to feed the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Zero. 13,706 fans at the Sydney Football Stadium. Uh, the Roosters, their tries came through a double to Boyd Cordner. Jake Friend, Daniel Tupo, two dads, Sam Moa from Samoa, from Tonga. <laughs> and Mitchell Orbison and Maloney were six from seven on the conversions. Cradle Southern Sharks scored as many points as they had premierships. Wow. To be more specific, zero. <laughs> This is possibly the greatest 40 nil victory in the history of rugby league. Um, you know, I didn't see this coming. Sharkies, yeah. You know, didn't we say 13 plus though, or did you tip the Sharks? It was one of the games where you crazily tipped something that I didn't tip. Was it this one? Did you go Sharkies? Because I'm sure I said the Rizzers win at 13 plus or up to 19 plus. Yeah, there's every. I, I have rated the Sharkies this year. Um, I know they were down on some troops, but. I didn't see a forty nil coming. No. Well, I mean, the nil, were, the nil's more fucking... believable. The nil's more believable than the forty because Cronulla, you know, historically, you know, have been a, a decent defensive side with you know no real attacking potency. Yeah, fair, fair call. But I just the Roosters were on fire. Yeah. Pierce was a man on a mission, and <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Imagine if he did that fucking three, four days earlier. But I, I don't think he can. I think he, I really had a great game um, against the Sharks, and he's officially. And, and whether New South Wales will admit to it or not next year, he's officially one of those limbo guys. He's yep. he's too good for first grade, not good enough for origin. Yep. Can't do it on the he's big stage. He's stuck in no man's land. Yep. You know? yep. Um, he's, he showed his class in this game. His passing did game. He what? His passing game, his kicking game was awesome. He was jumping out of his skin, played with a lot of energy. Um, yeah, it was, you know, impressive uh, response to some of the criticism he was copying, but I think it, it only justified a lot of what people were saying at exactly. the same time. You know? Exactly. Um, it's it was probably had a, a detrimental effect um, in some people's opinion of him, but you know you, you can't deny the fact that he, uh, in the absence of Sonny Bill shirtless, um, he fucking just dragged him. Yep. And and put guys through holes. Very impressive. Sharks were disappointing. 
I thought, uh, you know, they had Fafita there. He's been on a bit of a roll. And he, he still had a monster game too, Fafita. Like as far as like, you know, carry, workhorse and carrying. Oh, sure. And I think he started off the bench too, which made his statistics even more fucking Gordon, um, Gordon was, it was, he hasn't really been a factor. You no. know, his troubles with injury in and out of the side. How can um, you trust him? He's always playing and never does, <laughs> even when he gets on the field. Um, Carney was still there, but I don't know. It's just, you know, the whole Asada thing rearing its ugly head again and, and you know, with the on and off troubles they've had and, and all the speculation, et cetera, this season. Is, is this the start of the Sharks' descent? Is this the moment where well, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back and the overachieving as well as all the Asada stuff is... It, takes its toll and, and they, they really start to slide well out of the eight. And well, remember, they weren't doing well while the Asada stuff was happening and the Asada stuff got postponed mm-hmm. and they won seven out of eight or something like that. So, yeah. Interesting. And I think they have overachieved this year. They've got some strong personnel, but, um, you know, the, the fact that they were entrenched in the eight, um, you know, with some of the injuries that they've had as well, um, specifically to Gallon. Yep. Um I'm, I'm a bit worried. The next few, next couple of weeks in particular, will uh, be very interesting for the Sharks. Whether they can bounce back or whether this this game truly was, um, you know, the end of them as far as 2013 goes. Okay, Solzy says, uh, "My brother just stated he'll quit smoking today. The Sharks win a premiership. Hash no quit plan. Hash sad Sharks fan. Might as well call him the Cancer Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cruzy 06. Junior, junior, playing like he's up for a rep spot. As someone told Pierce, there's only three Origin games, right? <laughs> At up, 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 Cronulla. Fafita auto-corrects to fights on the iPhone. Apple knows what punters want. And uh, he came back with another one and said, um, saw Benchy off contract, neck minute, lost by 40 to ensure he doesn't follow the rest of the Tigers down to the Shire. <laughs> and finally, um, at Make Me a Sandwich. The, the awkward moment when the A-League All-Stars get more points than the Sharks. <laughs> and the Eels, for that matter, on that night. Exactly. Sharks and Eels combined. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, moving along to the Newcastle Knights, 32, defeated the Penrith Panthers, 14, out there at Centibet in front of a crowd of just over 10,000, which is probably ground record the way Penrith have been going lately. Um, Newcastle Knights, 32, came from a double to the Uate Parte. Fluffy got one. Craig Gower got one. Cade Snowden got one. Neville Costigan got one. Tyrone Roberts, four from six conversions, defeating the Panthers, who had tries to Dean Fare, which, you know, let's face it, strike that shit off the record books, and Clint Newton. Walsh was 100% on uh, two from two conversions, and he got a penalty. Darius Boyd and, and Aquila Uate. I, I think Darius bought... <laughs> Pardon the pun. Darius is buoyed by the Origin Series. <laughs> Played one of his uh, best games uh, since joining the Knights. And uh, Iwate busted out of a bit of a slump. Um, scored a couple of tries and um, was was pretty hard to handle, I thought. Um, those guys, you know, Boyd, when you look at his form from the Dragons, you know, he, um, he had one of those, you know, sort of breakout seasons individually. Um, yeah, won the, the Churchill Medal in the Grand Final. That was such bullshit, though. Sorry? That was such bullshit that you won the Churchill Medal, though. Well, it's in the record books. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Bull- he should never have been given it, though. It was such bullshit. But this, as far as his, um, his level of involvement in this game, I think that was a really good sign for Newcastle and um, showing signs that, you know, finally he's um, really found found his feet at Newcastle and... I don't know that his form over the course of this season is really justified in origin 
series. The fact that he was an incumbent got him the spot, and he probably hasn't done anything wrong, but he's, he's a long way off his spectacular best and has been most of this season. But um, some really good runs in this game. It looks like he's um, maybe starting to strike a bit of form. That uh, Vare try, no try, um, it has to be the last straw. You've got to... I think we're at the point now as fans where it might only be one game. Sometimes it's two. Um, on really horrible weeks, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. Where games, are, they're nothing more than a fucking lottery. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, if that sort of decision decides a game and your team goes out there and busts their gut, um, you know, and it's a, it's a tough arm wrestling uh, uh, sorry, tough arm wrestle against an opposition that you're fairly evenly matched with. That that can decide the game. Well, yeah, that was the first try in the game. Imagine if Newcastle had to drop their heads and like, going, you've got yeah. to be fun. you know, they would have watched it on the screen. The sure. crowd, you know, the Penrith crowd would have been like, you know, murmuring and laughing themselves about, there's no fucking way they're giving this. Look at, you know, when you're in a crowd and they and they show the the infringing thing that proves it's yeah. not going to be a try, and the crowd's like, oh, you know, like you you know, in unison, that would already go. The referee on field's probably watching it, going, oh, yeah, there's no way that's a try. And it's probably come back and just gone, you're fucking kidding me, what? <laughs> I've got to yeah. award this in front of all these fucking girls. Diamond, Luke, Luke Diamond Phillips. I mean, you remember on, the, on Friday Night Football, it was the whole time it was all Luke Phillips, you know, Luke Diamond Phillips, you yeah. know, that's his nickname, Luke Diamond Phillips. Oh, Luke fucking Gronk Phillips. I mean, ridiculous. I mean, fucking <laughs> Diamond needs to sell some Diamond buy himself a pair of fucking glasses. Craig Gower turned out for the Knights. Best game since he got back from him. He, got he's so retro. Yeah. So retro, Gow. <laughs> he scored a torso try. Yeah. Um, won't be long to be playing in ankle length, ankle high boots, and, and whipping his cock out just for old time's sake. <laughs> we always get back to cock talk. How is that? We, yeah. Yeah, we do, don't we? Yes. <laughs> Fuck, it's really me, isn't it? Jeez. We, we had a tweet, a tweet from, through the week, someone saying that, you know, something about blatant homosexuality, homosexuality. And I was thinking, yeah, my blatant homosexuality. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was I was like that must be you know homosexuals talk. I didn't understand that word, but then <laughs> yeah, it, it it started off as latent. <laughs> now it's become blatant. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, at Cattle Dog Blue said I'm all for giving the challenge to help in life, but using the blind to run the video review Penrith try a disgrace. <laughs> Ben Dunn, 43. Penalising Danny Baderas for getting up slowly is discrimination, isn't it? He can't help it. He's old. Exactly. Big Dan, 1985. Great effort from the Knights. Bring on the Rooters next week. At least I'll be there for that game, not relying on radio. JR underscore buff. The season the Knights have had, I cannot believe we're fifth on the ladder. The Chooks next. We'll see if we're contenders. Spoiler. You're not. You're not. The top four <laughs> have broken away. And, and teams in fifth are closer to the spoon than they are the top of the ladder. Shunter 86. Penrith have just run out of troops and steam. Unfortunately, I'll be gutted if Doc is out now too with a fractured cheekbone. He's not, so you're lucky. You talk about fucking me being a delusional fan. Listen to that, Gronk. <laughs> CA Photo 10. Wow, even the video ref is mixing Woodstock bourbon and methadone. Hash <laughs> DVRA try, hash Damn. blunder. Knock it too, you tried it twice. And he followed up with another one and said, I don't remember a decision that bad since the Bulldogs asked Manly to release T-Rex. <laughs> hash mandatory drug test for video refs. And finally, uh, at Shane Aaron Elvis. Fuck me dead, Penrith Panthers opening try was a disgrace to the game. They should delete it from their record books. I'm sure people that have far first try score don't give it too much of a shit. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 
the mighty Manly Sea Eagles, 38. Smash the Gold Coast Titans, 20. Points, tries to Brett Stewart, Jamie Lyon, David Williams, Steve Mathai, Jamie Bureau, Justin Horror, Nick Skinner, and Jorge Tafua. Jamie Lyon, three from eight in a terrible kicking performance, although the conditions were terrible for kicking. Gold Coast Titans. It was like a basically a whirlwind up there like, with the wind. Oh, the wind. Yeah, and, all, and pretty much... a beautiful day, though. Yeah, oh, it's a beautiful day. It would have been on the hill, but the wind was swirling around and most of his kicks were from the touchline. Um, Gold Coast Titans, 20. Two tries to Kevin Gordon. Uh, Aiden Caesar got one. David Mead got one. Caesar, two from four. And yeah. Shoot. Sunday football of Brookvale. I thought it was great for TV. That's why I was a bit surprised... Did he say the conditions were shit? I did, to yeah, be yeah. The, the, the day was um, a glorious fucking day. Not a cloud in the sky. It was amazing. It looked like you know, it looked like it was a place to be if it wasn't for all the fucking manly fans there. God's country, stocked with a glorious day. <laughs> Look, as um, the chosen people deserve. The Titans got the hint of a sniff in this game um, towards the end. Manly um, sort of looked like they might have been stumbling a bit and then regathered their composure and, and closes it out very impressively, I thought. Um, and it was really nice for Manly's um, ageing squad to, to have the rugby league equivalent of a radox bath. They mashed up the Titans and ate them with a plastic spoon and, uh, you know, good luck to them. But it'll all come crashing down around them. Yeah, no, we're not talking about next week yet, but we when will. they get rugby league Alzheimer's this week. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, Brett Stewart. Sensational move past Bob Fulton on the try scorer. Now he's second on the uh, Manly try scorers uh, behind the great Beaver Menzies. It's good. The further down whatever fucking record book anyone might pick up at Manly, that Bozo gets fucking knocked down the better. 130 tries for Brett Stewart and counting. Uh, Jamie Lyon got his 100th. And I think he also got, uh, with his first conversion of the game, I think he, he's surpassed 900 points uh, scored for the Seagulls. So um, just tremendous effort. He's also a god of the, a god of the game and, and, and so an all-time legend of the club. Stewart's only got uh, Beaver to go. Yeah, I mean he's got a, he's he's got a couple of tries to go. He should get him next year because like, Beaver had what around 149 or something. So so he should overhaul him if he plays full season next year. You know, get 20 tries. You know, plus the rest of this year. Let's face it. Not um, the first time Beaver stood between Brett Stewart and Glory. Just saying. Yeah, true. Um, but also. The thing is, he could have got... He, I mean, and someone tweeted. I don't know if I've got it down here as well. Yeah, Jeremy Jacko, one, he said, why is Brett Stewart passing when he's about to run over the try line? He could have had four today. He's the most unselfish player of all time. I mean, he dished off one last week for four, and so he could avoid the nudie run. And he's just he's just dishing tries left and right. I mean, he's... How is fucking four and avoiding the nudie run? Like, how, how does he only have one try? Well, because he's laying them on for people. I mean, with the short what? kicks. To, I mean, he's... I mean, he's rooted from just belting people every time I mean, for, they run at him. But Foran is... Yeah, well, yeah, he's tired from getting absolutely smashed because what he does, he, he, he drifts he drifts left, draws three guys in and puts a short pass on to Horro or a grubber in and Horro scores the tries. Yeah. And I mean, Horro's probably got, you know, four tries a season That's directly. That's surprising that Foran's only got one try. I'm pretty sure that was his first try of the season, that one. Um... Because he's just, having a great year. Yeah, oh, like quiet, just, yeah. as a playmaker, I mean, the assist must be ridiculous. And the assist at Brett, I mean, that people talk about the try scoring record of Brett Stewart, but the assist record as well is, you know, equally as impressive. And I mean, you see the hands to, to lay on that try to Wolfman where he, he got it passed to him. Um, it was a crap pass, sort of up around his shoulder, behind his head, caught it behind his head, brought Wolf, it around, regathered, and then Wolf still watched it. Before yeah, he knew what was happening. Yeah, amazing. Um, but there was some sensational stuff in this game as well, like when um, the Titans looked like they were, you know, coming back. And uh, Jerry Evans just goes for the short kickoff, just grows it forward 10 metres, picks it up himself, runs all the way down the 10-metre line. I mean, just just a confident, 
cheeky shit that like a team's obviously really built their attacking confidence back up again after scoring uh, averaging you know uh, around 35 points a game for the last three weeks um, they'll so take a hit this week I'd say they'll, I'd say they'll score at least that again and probably concede a lot less than 20 Titans some of their tries were fortunate but some, I mean you know it's through good management as well I mean like uh, I don't know if it was Caesar that put up the kick for uh, for Kevin Gordon's second try, where it was just the one little pocket of of the field where the sun was directly streaming <laughs> down into this into a little five meter area, and he put it up there. And Wolfman wouldn't have seen a thing. It would have just been like you know blinding in the light. So I mean that was it was well done. Um, and Titans play with heart, but I mean as we said at the start of the season. I mean I did predict the Titans to come a lot worse. I don't know if I picked them for the spoon, but I think I picked them you know well out of the eight, and. They in the early part of the season they played with a lot of a lot of uh, not passion but you know a lot of teamwork and a lot of kind of you know you know unified drive to you know sure. get the job done you know like ten and now million. they're now they're the squad that you know with the exception of Cowboys John Cartwright's probably the guy that people are starting to exactly talk under their breath about they're falling out of the eight now for I think the first time this season. And I can't see him. I can't see him getting any higher on the table. I think, and if anything, I think they'll start to drift down. And um, incredible to see three well, three I Queensland mean, sides all out of the eight. It's only uh, uh, it's just good mathematics, Nathan. The second you know, last the team should be talking Tigers, about anyone. Tigers charging up uh, towards the top eight and, and ready to take their rightful place amongst uh, the upper echelon of the NRL. People have to make way, and the Gold Coast Titans are one of those teams. We'll talk about the West Tigers run home later. <laughs> <laughs> ben Dunn Some would call it a canter home Ben Dunn 43 And he sent this one Well before the game started Like at lunchtime Steve Michaels in for the Titans A.K.A. 13 plus for Manly <laughs> Hash pre-match fortune telling Hash remember the prophet Benjamin <laughs> We do, we do And you were 100% right um, Cruzy 06 Hey Hash Fold Coast How's that Dave Taylor signing going for you? What a dickhead that fat touch he is too. Just picked the fight with Jamie Lyon out of nowhere for no reason, just to play the ball. And when he did that, he then went on to make another mistake pretty much straight after, and that's when Manly started piling some points on too. Um, Blue underscore Beaver. When Killer keeps missing conversions, I question his commitment to our relationship. Hash man love in decline. Hash can't stay mad at him. Uh, at Evil Conspiracy. I'm no Manly fan, but fuck me, those pricks are clinical. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Jacks, we said earlier, and uh, Shane Aaron Elvis. Great win for Manly Seagulls. They're like your favourite nan that gives you money but smells faintly of urine. He had to redo that tweet because it first said, if I, they're like your favourite man. Man, yeah. <laughs> like, and your I'm, favourite man smells of urine. And I still yeah, and I, and I still don't quite get it as well. I mean, what's your, what do they have to do with your nan? I mean, and does it give you money? Does that mean you're betting on them and they're always giving you a return on on your, your bets? I don't know. I assume, I'm assuming it's a gambling you know thing, you know, because I, mean, I know the club wouldn't give him fucking 10 cents to put cheese on a Whopper. So... Next, Monday night foot bitch. St. George Illawarra Dragons, 22. In a heartwarming golden point extra time victory over the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 18. The venue. Stay, what's it down? Was it down where was it? It was Cogger? I can't remember. It's what it was. Yeah, it's fucking, another fucking cold Maybe ass. Maybe it was Cogger. Oh, fucking another, hell. Another cold ass Monday night with some hearty fans there 14,500 good turnout was it, I can't remember and I, I apologise yeah, for uh, I didn't not have... having that in front of me but if that was a win fuck me that's cold down there I just, yeah I suspect it was probably Cogra but I mean I know from seeing tweets from people that were there and they were like we're fucking freezing you know it's freezing there I mean I'm sure it's probably nothing like Canberra but still hearty 
I got engaged at Wollongong. Yeah. Asked Nicola to marry me just at the lighthouse there. Yep. It's fucking cold that night. With too, the romantic candle, candle that's coming from the refinery. No. Pit. <laughs> right on the uh, right on the cliff. Yeah. So she said no, I could jump off. He's going to give you a fucking... And it was nudge. freezing cold. Yeah. It was cold as, and it was late. So we'd been to dinner and stuff. So she said yes just to get into some, to get inside again. Exactly. And we're walking back to the car. We pass, and this is the long-lasting story. No one ever remembers, you know, the, the beautiful moment that was uh, Nicola and my engagement. Uh, we often regale people with the tail. Walking back to the car, two people completely butt-naked, just going hammer and tongs in the middle of the fucking park. <laughs> I was like, that'll be us later. <laughs> She's like, like, I retract my acceptance yeah, of your offer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's sensational. Whatever, Watty. <laughs> um, and St. George, their 22 came from a double to Brent Morris. Trent Merrin got one. Adam Quinlan got one. Chase Stanley, three or four. South Sydney tries to Dylan Walker, Adam Reynolds, Sam Burgess. Adam Reynolds, a perfect three from three conversions. Impressive win for the Dragons. Good for their fans. Um, <laughs> everything good that's coming out of the Dragons at the moment is coming from Dugan, uh, Morris, and to a lesser extent, Marin, who's the only forward capable of any sort of semblance of, of dominance uh, in their forward pack. I say but, Dugan, Dugan, and Dugan. Yeah. Honestly, he, for this club, worth the risk because they're dead set the last place team on the ladder if it's not for him. It's his... Um, there's not a lot of creativity outside of him. Fucking Morris is a good finisher. Yep. Probably the best finisher in the game. So if Dugan can find a way to get it to Morris, yeah. that'll be pretty good. Um, but there's a fucking void as far as creativity other than Dugan. Uh, I thought Merriman was good. Uh, Morris' finishing is fucking it's unsung a lot of the times um, of recent, certainly this season, because they have been going so poorly. Um, but that last try was an example of how you do not finish a fucking try. He goes over and he goes over wide left. Yeah. Starts to run it around under the post and do that, you know, risky one hand put down thing. Yeah. Motherfucker. He's a confident man. Fall over that. the line. People were 10 metres away from you. Just fall over the line. Yeah. You're not kicking the conversion, son. It's game over. <laughs> exactly. Fuck. Just, that's just fucking brain explosion. Uh, blip on the bunny's radar, I think. Um, I saw enough out of them to, to know that with a, a, a spray from Maguire, which they inevitably would have got, a, a, they won't let a game like that slip again this season, regardless of whether Inglis is there or not. Um, as impressive as the Dragons were, I, I thought uh, they really hung in. They come back at, at the Bunnies, and um, you know, for a side that every news outlet mentioned that the Dragons hadn't scored a try in more than two and a half hours of play, um, which... Um, by the by, speaks volumes at Price's imaginative coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably some of the players he's got his, his yeah. disposal, or lack thereof. Um, yeah, I just, you know, for for the, the Dragons to score, I think it was three tries in like 13 minutes. Yep. Um, when they hadn't scored in two and a half hours. Um, probably speaks to South, sort of clocking off not uh, they were up 18-6 you know coming yeah, in about getting the getting a bit 10. of a lead knowing that Dragons weren't yep. really renowned for their attack they probably clocked off a little bit I don't think that'll happen again um, and you know the, the tries that they did score uh, were certainly very uh, well constructed um, and I think Reynolds was pretty good oh, how's, how's, sorry how's well Merrin? constructed I say well constructed except for the uh, the Adam Reynolds one <laughs> yeah. which come from the drop on yeah yeah 
But how's how how about Trent Merrin? How does he find himself in a position to score these fucking tries where he's like plows into and you know, sort of spins out of a tackle and all of a sudden yeah. diagonal run to the post and there's no one in front of him. It's amazing. <laughs> he's got a knack for it. Um but uh, I think that, yeah, I mean, I don't think the Dragons were impressive, but I mean, it was certainly spirited the way they came yeah. out. But it was like when they scored that second try that they thought, oh, hang on a minute, we're only six behind now, so we can actually, you know, do it. And then all of a sudden they started to play with something resembling, you know, team spirit and enthusiasm, which kind of got them over the line. And Dugan. And, and Dugan. Uh, and all Dugan. All Dugan. Uh, moving all to. All Dugan all day. All day and all night on the roof drinking cruises. They might as well let him fucking do what he wants. I mean, as long as he keeps playing like that. Berkeley underscore Eagle. He tweeted this one probably on Friday or Saturday, but I thought I'd put it in because I just liked it. Um, this is when Dugan was possibly not going to be playing. He said, Dugan possibly out of Monday Night Football because his ex-missus is about to have a baby. So how does he get someone pregnant when he's always pulling out? <laughs> it was wow. too good to leave. Uh, R-Popsh. Well, not that there was much doubt, but that has definitely locked the eels in for the wooden spoon. Hash two in a row for the eels. You're forgetting the West Tigers are losing at least three more games this season, so come on, Eels, if you can win, jag a couple. It's not over yet. Shunter, 86. And to cap off another gripping Monday night footy finish, hash Tigers in decline. I don't know what the fuck he was thinking there. Well, I know what he was thinking. Smash you, but yeah. I mean, random. Yeah. Shane Aaron Elvis, South supporter, for like two minutes, bandwagoner. I'll take my lumps. We were very poor. Good win for the Dragons. Well done, I guess. P.S. Um, hash refs fault. They were dog shit, but oh well. He's bitching about the refs, but the one thing, the one referee thing that really stands out for me from this game was in that exciting last period after the game was tied up and the last couple of minutes before, what happened long did we have, like maybe four minutes before the end of the game. And I believe it was Fiend was ruled to have knocked on when it was nothing of the sort, right down the Dragons' end of the field giving South a full set and which resulted in an attempted field goal from Adam Reynolds at the end of it. I which think he then South missed. have gone all right in the referees' books this The year. most favoured side in the history of the game this year, the Rabbits. And um, and they had a very good chance of winning it by field goal over a bullshit decision, so they're given every chance. Uh, at Devonhead, just another case of good prevailing over evil. Now let's go streaking to the quad. Hash Dev Sanity in incline. Hash Tigers in decline. Hmm. TBI Penguin. A purchase of a Tigers in decline shirt. I always enjoy this week in league more when the NRL Dragons win. Can't wait for next week. Make it a good one, boys. Sorry. <laughs> the Ben Z, who I suspect is a South supporter after this tweet. Hash. This is all capitals too. Hash. South's in decline. Hash. We are fucked. <laughs> Mate, that's a that's the quickest jump off a bandwagon I've ever seen in my life. Fucking hell. Uh, and uh, Cruzy06, good on you as Dragons. Now, now you've action hash NRL in decline. Souths aren't doing well. We're all fucking doomed. Chapo the Creator. It was good to watch the hash. Oh, scum. piling on Souths. People are absolutely piling. I've still got like another five to go. Uh, Chapo the Creator said, uh, it was good to watch hash scum of the league lose tonight. This game proves Souths are a one-man team. Hash real talk. Hash kick Souths back out. Fuck me dead, and that's from a dog supporter. Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. All this game lacked was Greg Inglis' shoulder and Dean Young's headless body. This is the anniversary of the day league got soft. <laughs> uh, Dragon Punk twelve. Little Aussie battler dragons just trying to make it in a tough, harsh world, beating the ladder leaders. Oh, and Tigers in decline. Yeah, he was going so well. Yeah, just reciting he was. my lines and then had to recite one of yours. <laughs> At Aussie one 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 nine eight. 
I don't know what's better, watching the mighty Red V get the win or watching the cunts of the league lose. Hash fuck off, Souths. <laughs> I was saying, there's a pile on. I'll tell you, when Souths are doing well, <laughs> Rugby League gets angry. Fucking <laughs> know. Uh, NS Bear China. Yes, the kings of entitlement go down to the Saints. Must be some very confused Bunnies fans out there, but we're the pride of the league. <laughs> CA Photo 10. Big win by the Dragons. I'm not sure if I saw Steve Price smile or if he had win. Ash, no chin, no smile. And I watched the press conference uh, stream through after the game, and he did sit there for a while, just absolutely blank, and it took, like, you know, to someone to ask him, like, you know, oh, how good does it feel or whatever, you know, like, and then he's kind of, like, done a little sort of a, a wince slash gas sort of, you know, thing. But, yeah, um, good on your Dragons. I think it was heartwarming. I mean, I got no love for the Dragons, but it was, um, you know, when the little Aussie battlers are they're up the shit and they're no threat to anybody you know it's good to let them jag one now and then you know it's a, it's, it's good previews for the round 20 of the 2013 Telstra Premiership kicks off Friday night football the North Queensland Cowboys versus the Brisbane Broncos up there at 1300 teeth can't see the Broncos having a chance in this game. Look, Cowboys at home. The return, the return of the return of uh, of uh, Jonathan Thurston, of course. Yeah, he'll be uh, looking to uh, keep the momentum from the Origin series, his victorious Queensland uh, side going, and um, you know, obviously, Cowboys are going to have to get a riddle on if they're any hope of making the eight. Now, what the fuck happened to the wife beater? I don't know. Maybe she beat him back. Michael Morgan named in number seven, and uh, Ray Ray is on the bench as well. Jeez. So uh, no no sign no sign of a uh, fucking Ike Turner. So instantly Good. makes the Cowboys one hundred and fifty million percent more likable and exactly. you know actually tippable. You know you'd like to think on paper that Thurston's inclusion in the Cowboys side makes them something. But they've had Thurston for most of the year and done fuck all too. Sure. So Wallace, it's hard as to we mentioned him. earlier, Peter Wallace goes to the bench and Ben Hunt comes in to the seven. I think he's actually a better hooker than he is a halfback. And I know that he, he was certainly groomed as far as being one of the halves of the future many years ago for the Broncos. But um, I, I think they're a different side when he comes on at hooker and and um, they play a different brand of football, which generally produces points. So... I'm um, not sure how that's going to translate into his game at halfback, but regardless, I think the Cowboys will win. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, um, and now that Corey Norman's been dropped, Josh Hoffman goes back to his favoured role of fullback, which is like, that's the first time in... It's taken 20 weeks. Yeah, that, that's literally all season he hasn't played. Has, has he? And so Corey Oates moves on to the, the vacant wing. Um, it's very, very interesting to see if this if this Broncos lineup, you know, produces points or, you know, produces defence or produces rugby league football, honestly. And this game is a very difficult one to tip because both sides are going like bustards. Cowboys get back their superstar player Thurston. Broncos have made massive changes based on poor performance, so that can often spur teams and players as well. So it's a, it's, it's a tough one to call. I mean, because up at thirteen hundred, JT he's a deciding factor for me. Yeah, I mean, he he came off the you know the Origin series pretty you know in good form where where he wasn't so much going into it. Um, it's up there at home. It's a tough road trip. Not as tough for Brisbane as it probably is for some of the other sides, but still, it's a fair way to travel. <sighs> yeah, I reluctantly go for the Cowboys only because I'm just not 100% sold on the chances of either of these guys. Next, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs versus the Parramatta Eels. 
out there at Sydney Olympic Park. And this one, you know, just, you know, a year or two ago would have been a marquee clash, you know, get, you know, 20,000, 30,000 people to that cavernous ground easily. Now, not so much. get 10,000. Um, oh, Bulldogs all day. I don't have the Watch lineups in front of me, but I don't even need to see them to say that Canterbury will win 13 plus with these. I believe there's some sort of special going on as well um, in terms of uh, discounted entry or whatever because I think it's like say farewell to, to Ton Greenberg as he leaves the dogs to you know go and join the NRL. Right. Um, maybe they'll get 11,000. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Hopefully get yeah, a big... dogs, dogs uh, 13 plus. Yeah, dogs. I mean, there's no two ways about it. I mean, Matt Chechen and Luke Phillips, what a fucking combination of referees <laughs> after last weekend. That's a dumb and dumber, but um, yeah, I still think doggies too easy for them. As 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 any team would be over Parramatta at this stage. St George Illawarra Dragons versus the Canberra Canberra Raiders at Wynn Stadium in Wollongong. Now, yes, there is the hoodoo there uh, against the Canberra Raiders, usually down in Canberra. Dragons not travelling so well. Canberra Raiders going okay, going pretty good. I think the Dugan factor. I think that's enough to get the Dragons home. Really? Yeah. Pains me to admit it. It's the shortest road trip that the Canberra Raiders have. Yeah, I just... I think Dugan will be too pumped up to have a big game. And the, and the form that he's in, I think that'll get the Dragons home. Yeah, I, I don't know if he can do it single-handedly. I think the, Ra- the, the Raiders have been going all right lately. And I'm inclined, to, I'm inclined to go with them. But yeah, I mean, Dugan could just go massive. It's true. Okay. Gold Coast Titans taking on South Sydney Rabbitohs. Up there at Skilled... Yeah, I rabbits by million. I think the rabbits will ba- bounce back. I think they've got uh, even without English, they've still got too much firepower for the Titans. Um, Titans at home is no real great advantage, and uh, I think they'll knock them around through the forwards, and that Adam Reynolds will engineer the victory off the back of that. Yeah, I mean, in in the Titans' favour, they do see the return of Nate Miles and Greg Bird to the side, um, but they still have you know like Matt Minicello and Jordan Rankin, and you know these guys that you know, are fantastic. They don't have. Um, as a result, though, they don't have uh, Steve Michaels in his side. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's a positive all day. Sure. I mean, because the, <laughs> the defense of that guy that displayed last weekend, I remember I even saw tweets saying, you know, Cardi will expect nothing out of him except to make tackles. And even then, he just, you know, how many tries did we score down that right-hand side? Um, yeah, I think I think South will probably be stung a little bit by their loss on Monday night. And uh, it is a short turnaround, but, you know, I think they're too much easy. I mean, you look at it on paper and you say, how the fuck and could they yeah. possibly lose to them? Uh, Just a mental thing. Yeah. I... New Zealand Warriors take on the Melbourne Storm at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland. Well, the Storm resembling... Some, obviously, they're, you know, they're, they're gone for the season as far as uh, uh, Gareth is concerned. Sure. Um, so that's, that, that hole's never going to be Warriors filled. have a good record against the Storm. Yeah, where, a bunch of times at wherever, wherever the game's been played. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And especially in critical games as well. I'm actually going to go out and limit. I'm going to tip the Warriors. Warriors, think, they, they, uh, weren't, they, weren't great on, by, um, yeah, they weren't great on Friday night. They um, weren't, mate, but at the end of the day, they're playing the undefeated premiers. So playing, I don't understand how good you want them to play. They're still jagged to win. Probably I mean, the luckiest win in the club's history. I mean, if you can't win, win against, you know, the second last side uh, on the ladder by, you know, 13-plus... Yeah, you know, I guess ten's close to thirty plus, but not not close enough. Um, the Storm, they've slipped a little bit in the power rankings. I think their performances haven't been amazing over the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, Origin affected them. 
yeah, now they've got their lineup kind of back together again. I think uh, they so might the lose test, a few games, a bit like they did last year, lose a few games and then come back and, uh, you know, storm through the finals to inevitably uh, be beaten. By the Mighty Manly Eagles. Yeah. I'm going to still tip the storm, I think. I don't think they'll have too much for them. Next, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks taking on the Penrith Panthers at Ramonda Stadium, the dump. Shark is at home, you know, did they bounce back from last week or, or did Penrith lay a beat down on them? That's the question. Um, I'd have to say Sharkies to bounce back. Sharkies could bounce back, but at the end of the day, they still don't have Gallon. And he's critical. Critical. I'd Wade Graham. Like... Wade Graham for feeder. I think, uh, and obviously Carney. I, don't... I, I see your Wade Graham and I raise your Ben Pomeroy. <laughs> who's makes his return back to the side. And let me tell you, the Sharkies fans are very pessimistic about this game because of that one fact. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm still yeah. going to tip the Sharks. I think they'll want to bounce back strongly from last week. And um, what better way to do it than bunching up, uh, punching up some Westies? Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a tough one. I'm, I'm almost inclined to go with the Panthers, but they might be coloured a little bit because of last week's performance. And yeah, there is a bounce back factor. I mean, Sharkies don't have a massive home field advantage. Um so I'm not, th- I'm not sure that's an issue. But they do since they moved to the dump. But just complete embarrassment, maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the the Ibises leave them alone and, you know, <laughs> and attack the visiting side. But, yeah, uh, moving on to the Newcastle Knights versus Sydney Roosters at Hunter Stadium. This is the big test for the Newcastle Knights. Um, I don't have the uh, Roosters lineup in front of me. It wasn't uh, there by the time I was assembling my notes. I don't need to see what the lineup is. I assume Sonny Bill's back this week. Yep. Yeah, and I, and they've got no other injuries. I don't think I'm aware of. Yeah, pretty think... pretty settled lineup, traveling very well. Newcastle Knights, they're going okay too. I think um, actually they're two of the three uh, best travel teams over the last five rounds, certainly over the last four. Um, as far as being undefeated, Manly being the other one. So I th- I think you know this is actually it's a form form game, two form sides. Yeah, I still think that the Roosters form be a cracker. Seeds. I think the the Roosters have got a bit too much firepower. Um, I mean Newcastle, you know, at home they actually have proven that, that is a is an advantage to them this year. Sure. Uh, so it's it's a tough one, but I'm I'm inclined. I mean, it's hard to go past the, the Roosters after last week's performance and the week before and the week before. Exactly. And finally, Manly Night Football returns for the last time this season. I think I hope seven games this season. I think we'll play all up in uh, on Monday Night Football, and we're taking on the West Tigers out there at Campbelltown. Um. Referees look fine. Video referee Ashley Klein in the video referee box was well, better than being on the field, I suppose, isn't it? Okay, now I do have both lineups in front of me here. The injured Chris Lawrence is playing. Adam Woods' exhaustion has struck and he will not be playing. <laughs> Otherwise, your lineup appears to be pretty much un- uh, unchanged. Jack Buchanan comes in the starting side. Um, yeah, for, for, uh, for Woods. For Woodsy, Adam Blair still at prop where he's been going quite well in recent times. And so who's that that comes on? So that's is that Sean Spence that comes into the into the side? Yeah, it looks that way. Yeah. Yep. And Brayton Astor, number 17, got seven points in Supercoach last week. That's awesome. You know how I know that? Because he was your auto reserve because our teams played each other in Supercoach last that's week. That's great. I pretty much only... I, I pretty much doubled your score. Mate, at the end of the day, you know, you look at the names, Tedesco, Nofaluma... Blake Ashford, Tim Simona, Curtis Sirenen. I think, who the Jack fuck are those Buchanan, nobodies? Suasso, Sue, Ava, Ava Siu, Manifanai, <laughs> Ben Murdoch, Masilla. I mean, the youth. 
the youthful exuberance that the Tigers will trot out onto that field against the the old, the ageing, the on the downward splod, declining, if you will, Manly Seagulls. Um, you know, the West Tigers are on the up and up. I think Manly uh, have been in some good form lately, but the bubble's definitely due to burst. And uh, what better place to happen for it than Campbelltown? Let's, let's talk declines. Answer the following questions for me. Where did Manly finish last season? I can't remember, mate. Fourth. Right. Where are Manly positioned at the moment? Ah, uh, mate, I've never really taken much Fourth. Notice. Right. Where the West Tigers finished last season? I, I want to say they won the convo undefeated, but I, I think tenth. it might be just a little bit out. Yeah, 10th. Right. Where are the Tigers sitting now? I want to say that we're pet poised to win the combo undefeated. Is it, I think is it 14th or 15th? In any case. I think it's 14th. Declines all, <laughs> decline is, is, is everywhere to be seen. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, the West Tigers all... Manly with a settled lineup a for one of the first times. Breakout performance for the Tigers, and uh, at the end of the day, they're, they're ready to uh, continue their, their unbeaten run through to the finals, except for that loss last week. And, um, <laughs> and the week before as well. <laughs> and uh, look, I, I look forward to uh, the media's reporting this as, as the Tigers being back and, and firming in the markets to take out the title. How many points are you on at the moment? 14? You got a table? I can't have. Just uh, because I think the eight at the moment is the cutoff for the eight. Is it twenty-two points? The team that's in eighth position. I know there's a couple of guys tied on twenty-two. They talk about cutoffs from fifth. I know Newcastle in fifth are on twenty-two. Does anyone really take Cronulla on twenty-two? Oh no, no, it's not the cutoff I'm talking about. I'm just wanting to know what the way the situation as it is as of today. I'm just trying to work that out. For I have a feeling it used to won seven games, um, or is it eight games? Some would say six games, Nathan, with two buys. Okay, yeah, okay, cool. Okay. Officially, we're running, you know, equal second last. With so you're running, you're running actually, other sides. You're running actually second last, and um, and how many points is that? Sixteen. You say? Is yes. Sixteen. What's and what's eighth place? Who's in eighth at the moment? Is it the Raiders? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. So at the moment, with six games going. You've got your three games behind the eighth place team. Seven in, games. Uh, yeah, seven. Sorry, in, and so in those seven games, you're playing Manly South and the Roosters. Yep. So out of the remaining three four, guaranteed so they're, got so, they're, so they're three losses. So out of the remaining four games, you're going to have to win three of them. Mission Impossible. Some would say yes, and when I mean some, I mean everybody in the world except me. Manly, one of the best form sides at the moment. Won their last three and had a bye before that. Just starting to click. I mean, it has no no surprise that Brett Stewart, you know, the ma- the master at the back there, he's uh, you know put a new new lease of life on the team. He's orchestrating the attack like an absolute genius, and mainly have such a tremendous winning record with him in the side. Tafua, I mean, you know, he was an Origin selection away from New South Wales winning the series. Um, Jamie Lyon, best centre in Australia. Number four, Steve Maddai, second best centre in Australia. I mean, the side's just fucking incredible. Kieran Foran. Future New Zealand, well, New Zealand captain. I mean, and probably New Zealand immortal. I mean, you know, and and obviously he's he's far exceeded uh, Benji Marshall both in talent and uh, and form. Indeed. Daly Cherry Evans, buoyed from his Origin experience, just playing fantastic football. Brenton Lawrence, revelation of the 2013 NRL season. Go through every player, are you? I'm just and Uncle Fuss, special agent, special agent foe. So (laughs) he's going to absolutely fucking drill someone. He's going to he's going to put. He's probably going to put Chris Lawrence in traction 
legal, all legal, probably with the ball in hand. Lawrence will try and tackle him stupidly, and yeah, he'll pay the ultimate price. Hassan, beast, legendary side of skillful genius. They're going to win this game by a score of 30 to 10 minimum. The only variable in that is if the Tigers can actually crack 10 points. Benji might not kick a goal. It could be eight. They might only score one try. It could be four. But Manly is certainly going to keep their average of about 33 points over the last couple of weeks up. And um, and they're going to basically give a demonstration of why uh, they're currently, the I think, over the last couple of weeks, they're the uh, second-best attacking side and third-best defense, or third-best attack and second-best defense. One of the two. Masterful display of skill genius. West Tigers 13+. plus. Let's move on. <laughs> I agree, Nathan. No, I agree with everything you just said. Tigers 13+. plus. 13+. plus. We're on the same page. 13+. plus. Are you fucking serious? If the Tigers were to win, maybe they'd jag it by like a goal, a bullshit penalty, something like that. Oh, yeah. Already. Hash rest fault. Um, hash 13+. plus. Hash. Season over. And Potter's career as a coach killed. We already killed Henry this year. Potter's next. They probably killed Cardi as well. As, as, as the week's gone, we'll see. That's the truth. So who's next? Is it Potter? Will he be one and done in the NRL? No chance. All will be revealed on Monday night. Manly night football. That is full time for episode 130. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League. And we're on Facebook, of course, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you keep hitting that like button and be sure to share our posts as we put them up as well. Spread the word. You're doing a great job. We're going to crack 2,000 likes by the end of the, probably by the end of the regular season. So fucking sensational. iTunes, couple of reviews this week. And um, I'm a big fan of this first one. I mean, I love all reviews, but this one... Uh, it's written by a fan of the show. You know, when someone, you know, they try and put stuff into the review that, you know, speaks directly to the show. Mm, this is not going to go well. That's no, good. It's good. Uh, it's by Hey There Big Boy. I love the clock, in quotes, five stars. If you're looking for a fantastic, feisty, and fun rugby league podcast, look no further than This Week in League. After a few subtle seasons, 2013 has been This Week in League's coming out party, as they became a brilliant rainbow in the world of independent rugby league content. (laughs) Host Nate and Glenn provide in-depth analysis, as well as humorous insights into the National Rugby League, but more recently, they've been devoting more time to embracing Glenn's latent homosexuality. What started out as a few jokes about Polynesian men and people loving the clock wide, black, thick, etc. More recent episodes have seen Glenn openly express his delight at the male form and engage Nate in discussion over who has the more impressive appendage, George Burgess or Michael Robertson. My partner and I were debating this on Wednesday night while we were watching Offspring. We IQ'd Origin. Dr. Sexy always comes first. (laughs) These guys break new ground in the macho world of the NRL and should be commended for it. If you're straight, there's a lot to love about this excellent rugby league podcast. If you're not, it's never too late to join the audio journey through Glenn's sexual awakening. Five stars covered in glitter. (laughs) That's great. He's gone hash go manly at the end of it too, so... (coughs) I'd love to know who that was. That's fucking... It's uh, it's fucking amazing. If you're on Twitter or Facebook, fucking review yourself because that's it. That is one of the reviews all time for the show, I reckon. A lot of thought put into it and um, funny as well. I can take it or leave it. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Uh, And we got another one. Boy, uh, let me blast this up so I can read it. Kiralee, long delayed review, five stars. I've listened to this show for quite some time now and I'm still not sure these guys like each other. 
but I know these guys love league. I always look forward to my weekly look at league through orange, black, and maroon white tinted glasses. We do Extre- not like each other. Extremely funny and informative, and a little bit blue. Well, a lot, and that's why I like it. Keep up the great work, guys. If you only listen to one podcast a week, then you're most likely employed. So do yourself a favour and make sure it's this one. <laughs> Crow, signed Crow. So there you go. That's two Legends. two fantastic reviews. Love it. High quality. And um, also shout out to the Ben Z who uh, on Twitter, he just put out a general tweet and said, "Can I recommend to uh, at TWI League to anyone who likes footy banter and some good laughs? Hash Tigers in decline. Hash Tigers would lose to Paralympians." <laughs> That he's, guy. he's really embraced the, pa- the Tigers in decline thing. Yeah, he's he's in a lot of trouble. I'm going to have to have a look at the names of people who bought shirts because I bet you I could find something that matches up to his name. He has to have one. Okay, fantasy. Same old story. Sherwood Scorpions on top. Cerberus second. Dane Lowry for PM third. El Ducho's Dope is fourth. Then we go down Mighty Bulldogs, MC Willie Block, Toto's Terrors, Greendale Goblins, Jolly Az, and Lucky Punks rounding out the top ten. Tipping. Well, well, well. An absolute fucking boil over in the tipping. It would have only been probably six weeks ago where the real Jedi was four points on top of the table, unassailable position in a tipping competition, and it was all over, and everyone was just like getting the shit, so that's it. We can't, we can't, why do it? We can't possibly win. He's ensured you'll award it. Let me read out the top 10 for tipping at the moment Desi's Ducks on 101 points. Also on 101, Williams 277. Also on 101, Boxcar Jason. 100 points, Voodoo Rock. 100 points, Troy Schroeder. Sixth position, 99 points, The Real Jedi. Squandered six points in about two weeks. He squandered it. This week, he got three from six. The week before, before, three from whatever it was. I think it was five the week before. I think it was five. Um... Just un- unbelievable. Lynn on 99, Animal NZ on 99, Dougie on 98, and Big Dan on 98. That rounds out your top 10. You're in third last, and at this stage, I don't think you go any lower because I think the people below you don't put their tips in either. So you're all getting assigned the same tips every week. So, you, you know, the away team. So, oh, so to fucking start tipping manly. Yeah, you might so start. I can get extra ones wrong. Then get extra ones right. You're tipping manly, you'd be probably in fucking, you'd probably be off the last page of the comp. It's a three-page list of people too, mind you. <laughs> um, and of course, the shop. We've still got some limited stock of the Revelation shirt. We've got the hats and the stubby coolers going as well. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash online dash shop because we're going into clearance mode. The Revelation shirts are selling very well at uh, half price of 20 bucks. And uh, we've seen a lot of people with the Tigers and Decline shirts as well throwing a Revelation shirt on the order as well. So that's Legends. good stuff. Um, as I said at the top of the show, the Tigers in Decline shirt is now being produced. It's in production. Uh, should have it no later than August 5th, I'm told. And then we'll mail them out. Obviously, when I've got them, we'll mail them out. And uh, you know, a couple of days after that, you'll have yours. And we've got extra stock of every size from S up to 2XL, maybe even a 3XL spare. So if you want one at the same time as everyone else, get on there and order before August 5th. So I have your order and I can order it out at the same time as I can send them out at the same time as everyone else. And if you have ordered, I will send you an email when they've uh, left the supplier. And then it'll probably take like, you know, usual shipping. It'll take like two days or something to get here, one or two days. So um, when they've left the supplier, they will, uh, I'll, I'll let you know when I've got them. I'll let, and I'll, Not when I've got them, but then when I've actually, you know, mailed them, I'll let you know as well. So you'll know what's happening and you'll know where your shirt is. Good call. That's about it. Yes, it I is. I don't have anything else for this week. You're a very tired little critter, aren't you? I am. 
I am extremely tired, and you've got a filthy cough that you've been holding back. I have been, I have been holding back the cough all night, and I don't love the cough. Glenn doesn't even love the cough. No, I can't stand the cough. I mean, it's, it's a huge cough. It is a massive, massive cough. It's a harsh cough too. I'd like there's to wrap no my hands in, around that cough. There's no love in. There's no love in the cough. No, it just comes. It, it, it just hits hard. It's a brutal cough. The kind of cough that not even Glenn could <laughs> could love. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. See ya.